What was the result? Three, three premiership, three for me and two for them. It's gone! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! I prefer the sex. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Chip the Keeper podcast. Um, we 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 took some time off, mostly because you know we, we want to save our best for you. And and when's when when's our best form mid season? So we wanted we wanted to make sure we were in in mid season form before before coming back. Um, so I hope you guys all appreciate that. Um, all the the hard work we do for you guys. Um, this is Pranav. I I guess by since I started talking first. Um, I guess by default I'm your your host for today. Uh, we are joined by Chris Hunter and uh, Lily. Um, so, uh, okay, uh, you guys want to do like like life updates or something like that? That that'll be my question for today. Chris, you want you want to give updates since since we last potted? What what have you been up to? Just general life. Yeah. Okay. Um, that way you can avoid talking about United for longer. Yeah. Well. I guess that's that's the safe point. Uh, still out here in Phoenix. Uh, probably gonna be moving to Colorado with Kelly in the next uh couple months. So she's uh she's got an exam at the end of this month, wrapping up PT stuff. Um, so yeah, gonna might be leaving the desert, moving to Colorado, which I'm excited about. It'll be fun. Ooh. that's fun, Hunter. What do you what do you got for us? You had a pretty big uh. Pretty big, big summer transfer window for me. Um, <laughs> I moved down to uh, <laughs> I moved down from New Jersey uh, after finishing up school in Ohio. I moved down to North Carolina. Um, I'm down here with my PT girlfriend, Caitlin. She also has her exam at the end of October. Um, so best of luck to the girls on that one. Um, started a job here at a at one of the UNC uh, Health uh, Orthopedic Clinics down here. I'm working with a hip and knee replacement surgeon. Um, very exciting, all the old people I get to see, but they deserve love and care too. Um, and my life has been, I, I've never been more depressed in my life now that Chelsea are down in 15th. Very nice. Uh, Lee, why don't you say a few words about yourself and then I guess also give us updates. Introduce yeah. yourself to the audience. I mean, it's a pleasure. I guess this is my first time here. Took a while, but you know, I had to wait for you know the team Tottenham to get a bit better before I I, I start speaking. I, I just want to say, I've asked Lee multiple times to be on the pod. There's always some reason he can't be. I asked this time, and he immediately said yes. Wow, I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> I mean, um, if it makes you feel better, there there's not much greatness going on in life. You know, just overworked and stuff like that. Same old, same old. Uh, so, you know, Spurs are keeping me through it. So basically the complete opposite of what Chris and Hunter are going through. Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess, I guess Lee has had the biggest life adjustment in, in that sense. Um, I don't know what updates do I have? I'm still in, still in, in Jersey. Uh, I, I got, got my other knee. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a fun one. Uh, I'm now, I'm now balanced on both sides for both ACLs. Um, 
what else? Yeah, that's like that's like pretty much it. Um, Liverpool are doing good now, but I guess we'll we'll talk about that that after. Um, all right, so we're gonna get at get get. I can't minimize Zoom when recording this meeting. That's ridiculous. Okay, um, so we're gonna talk about I guess like the general leagues. Um, so since you know what, oh wait, none, none of our clubs are in Champions League, are, are we? Oh no, Chris is. Chris, you want to talk about Champions League? You're 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 our Champions League expert. Far from it. I'm I'm the Champions League correspondent. You yeah. um, <laughs> you're you're, you're our, uh, I was gonna say Christina Uncle, but I guess that's a that's a different uh, thing. But um, well, yeah, go go ahead. Give us give us a little Champions League rundown, Christopher. I'll be the European. Europa League correspondent very soon, um, based on <laughs> here we, here performances. We go. <laughs> uh, I mean, United don't have like a bad group. Like in theory, they should get out of it. Uh, Bayern is really like obviously the biggest name in it outside of United. I don't even think United is a big name anymore at this point. Um, so yeah, they played Bayern first in Munich. Um, they lost four to three. Um, yeah, I mean, it probably could have been like seven to one at some point. Right. But they, they actually like, especially at the very end, like Casemiro somehow got two goals. I don't really know. He's just been like putting in a lot of goals recently. Um, but yeah, they lost four to three. Uh, they're playing Galtazare next. And I'm just picturing Zaha absolutely destroying Harry Maguire. Um, is it Cardi there, by the way? At Galtazare? I believe so. Right? I think at least at one point he was. He, yeah, I he was. He's still there, and he. They did the. They tried to do the the Messi Suarez penalty where, um, they they run in right. and then and then the other guy lays it off. Got to put it on a plate for Cardi who just who just hit it wide. So uh, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know what's up with him, but he's uh, I don't I don't know how well he's he's scoring. Wait, wait Pranav, yeah. give us an update on a Cardi and Wanda. I. I did that once, okay, and then I, <laughs> I, I did it a couple I of times. Resisted talking about it ever again. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure they're they're doing great. I'm sure they're having their fun. Um, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of the comments were like, like he deserved it for what he did, Maxi Lopez. I guess that's that's fair. He he deserves some embarrassment as well. Um, he's been the, the press's his fair share lately. Um, all right. Well, what, what else we got? We got Newcastle in in Champions League. That's a it's a fun new development. Um, Newcastle just somehow got drawn into the group of death uh, with PSG, Dortmund, and Milan. Um, that's extremely unlucky. I think like it would have been fun. Like like moral arguments aside, I think it would it would have been fun to watch Newcastle kind of progress far in, far into the Champions League. Uh, just because I don't know for the meme, you know, like when 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 Mark Noble almost played against Barcelona uh, and that didn't that didn't get to happen in the Europa League. But um, yeah, it's just like like a fish out of water kind of experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's we can I guess we can go through each of the groups and uh, we can we can all, all give our picks on on who's going through. Uh, so Group A, um, I mean, Man United has to kind of work hard to to, to mess this one up. Um, They'll find a way, baby. Right? They're they're already they're starting they're starting off on the right foot there. I mean, the, yeah, but but like it was four three to Bayern. Um, they have Copenhagen and Galatasaray to to, to play. So, uh, yeah, Bayern, Copenhagen, Galatasaray, and United. Lee, who you who you got advancing in this group? Um, 
you know, obviously Bayern, especially with one of the best strikers in the world, is going to, you know, take all nine points or 18 points from that group. Um, but, you know, I I think I could see Galatasaray, you know, eking out, you know, in the final match against whoever they're playing. So I think, I think it's going to be good to see, um, you know, a great underdog team you know, make it through to the group stage or make it past the group stage. But if you not you United gets through, then you know that'd be a true underdog story. So it would be. So true. Sure. Um all right. And then uh, yeah, so I mean I'm I'll take I'll take Bayern and United because I want to be right. Uh Chris. Galtasaray is gonna sneak by, man. It's gonna be Bayern Galtasaray. <laughs> I think I believe Hunter has the same. Europa and Sevilla is gonna destroy us. Sergio Ramos is gonna get a 90th minute header. Like it's written in the stars. Um. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And Hunter, Hunter is nodding along. I believe. I believe Hunter agrees. Um. We'll go to we'll go to Group B. Um. Arsenal, Lons, Sevilla, PSV. Um. Hunter, give us you 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 go first. This is a tough one because Sevilla has the history of Europa League, but also I don't know like how strong uh, of a team Lons is. Um, I think I think Arsenal go through pretty comfortably. Um, they won that first match against PSV four zero. They you know that's kind of where Arsenal is right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sevilla go through, but also I think that this at least for a second position in this uh, group, it's a really tough competition. Um, but my my prediction is going to be PSV, I think. I think that they're always one of those Dutch underdogs who nobody really thinks about until they do something cool. Um, Lee, who's going through? Um, I'm totally with Hunter on this. I think, you know... Sevilla always, you know, wins the Europa League, makes the Champions League, and then some, somehow, you know, flops that group stage in order to just make it back in their their home competition. So, and I I could truly see PSV kind of perform. I I don't they haven't really performed in the last few Champions League, um. But or when's the last time they participated? Actually, it's been a few years since they haven't been in it, right? Um. So, I mean. Uh, compared to Lons, like I, I could really see them being it by the numbers. You know, it really feels like Sevilla would be the second favorite in the group. But you know, Europa League is always calling them. So, so Arsenal is going through. Lee, you're saying Arsenal is going through. I'm saying that by the numbers, you know, like Sevilla's going to Europa League. Lons is probably getting um, knocked out, and PSV could be making it to past the group stage. All right, you heard it here first. Tottenham supporter has Arsenal going through into the knockout rounds of the Champions League. All right, Chris, who you got? Obviously, Arsenal. I think it's safe to say that the Dutch league is better than the French league, so that's why I'm going to have PSV <laughs> as the number two. Kieran's not even here. Kieran's <laughs> not guy. even here to defend himself. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Yeah, Kieran, Kieran's still on his, his hermitage uh, around the world. Um, I think he is in Hyderabad now. Uh, and I think he'll be he'll be back soon, soonish, maybe. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, Arsenal. Yeah, I think you, what you guys say tracks Arsenal, PSV, uh, Sevilla in third, um, just to knock out Liverpool in the final of the Europa League. Um, 
the group C is Napoli, Madrid, Braga, and Berlin. Um, just in the interest of time, I'm probably gonna blanket Napoli, Real Madrid for for all of you. I guess like like one and two switch maybe. Um, Napoli's not doing so great this season. Maybe I could see like Union Berlin like like sneaking out of it, but um, I think unless unless it's like speak speak now or forever hold your peace. I guess if uh, Napoli goes through or not, um, slash Real Madrid, I'm gonna skip over that one. Uh, group D, Salzburg, uh, Inter, Sociedad, Benfica. I feel like this is a, like a pretty even group. Um, I always, I usually, I think of most of these teams on like kind of the same level. Um, I'm gonna go with Inter and I guess Salzburg because they they've been doing pretty well. Um, Hunter. Yeah, I think. Um, and I will just say that Napoli are third in Serie A behind the two Milan teams um, who seem to be kind of running away with it, kind of like, kind of like a seasons of old. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think Inter definitely goes through. I think that off the back of a second place finish last year, I think they still have a really great squad, um, you know, and, and, and that kind of shows that, that the AC Milan team that we all regard so highly, they kind of whooped them. Um, at the San Siro earlier this season. So I think they go through. Um, and then I wouldn't be surprised if Real Sociedad snuck through. Um, I know uh, RB Salzburg usually has some sneaky good players on, on, on their team. Um, I think their most recent departure, uh, which was Noah Okafor to, to AC Milan, um, the pacey striker. I don't know, really know who they have replacing him. Now, Granted, I don't really watch the Austrian Bundesliga um, kind of ever, so it's very possible that they have the perfect replacement. Um, but I think that they probably finish third, and, this is, and that's a really tough uh, fourth-place finish for, for Benfica, in my opinion. True. Um, especially, at least they got the better than the French League trophy. Um, Chris, who you got? We'll go Inter and uh, Real Sociedad. Okay. Um, in that order. Uh, Wales Golf Madrid. Lee? Um, you know, it's it's a hard bet and you know, I don't, I don't like I don't like being wrong, so I don't think I can I can make a strong prediction on this. Um, I will make a prediction about the previous group. While I agree with obviously Real Napoli, I do see Union taking points off of Real Madrid that's in one of their games. So I think that is a fair, yeah. Yeah, because that it's that it's that Real Madrid group stage complacency, especially since Bellingham has been the one to really weed them out, and I think Union just has that energy where they're going to take points from a giant. Um, I'm some... I'm pretty sure. I think the first match was Madrid, Union Berlin, and Bellingham had to score like a 94th minute winner. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that. he was like crap the whole match, and he just like he just went and tapped it in. Yeah, um, and that was at Madrid, so I think the next time around, I think they might squeeze out a point or maybe even three. There was that one time, I think, Madrid, it was like 2018-19 season where they lost in a group stage to a, like a Serbian team or Chair something. Chair of Bowl, yes. Yeah. So um, I, I, I can see that happening again. They lost Brendan, to Shakhtar, I think, at one point, too. Brendan Aronson, uh, Patrick. I'll take that. Um. Okay. Uh. Also, Hunter, yeah, not, not please third, but like, like, they're really they're really uh, self-immolating with uh, Victor Osman. Um, 
they're uh, I don't know what the heck that was going on there. First they put out a TikTok calling him a coconut, and then and then they put out a TikTok uh, like ridiculing him for missing a penalty. Um, I yeah, I don't really know what ineptitude is going on at that club. Um, and then and then uh, Kvicha Kvartskalia hasn't scored since like March, um, as as far as I know. So, uh, it doesn't seem to be the same put together kind of program as it was, as it was before. Uh, okay, next one, uh, Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio, Celtic. I think this is like like genuine like a Europa League type group. Um, kind of is. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Atletico and Lazio, but that's just because like, um, yeah, I don't know for for <laughs> for no reason. Um, I think they're just like better teams. They have more storied past, but Feyenoord is currently at the top of the table. They don't want to lose three points. So, um, if you guys want to do, you, do you guys want to give your opinions on that? Or should we should we move on in the interest of time? No, Chris. Yeah, um, I think it's. Lee? Yeah, I. I mean, I definitely see Feyenoord getting, you know, eliminated and Lazio and Celtic either one of them going to Europa and being a tough competition there. I know Italian teams, you know, performed really well last season, but they do have the recent history of not performing well. And I don't see Lazio. I could see Lazio flopping and Celtic. I know Ange has gone to bigger and better teams, um, but I, I, I think Celtic is still a very strong team. Maybe not, not so much trophy, in though. recent Champions League history, huh? I said he went to a team with not as many trophies. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's he's bringing them in. Um, but <laughs> okay. I, I do want to see for for a big respect for Celtic, especially since you know big fan of their previous manager. Um, I would like to see them go through into you know the knockout or you know really kill it in Europa, which I could definitely see them knocking on Liverpool in the Europa League if they make it through. Lee, Lee says he doesn't want to be wrong, and then says that and is going to bring trophies to Spurs. Um, but okay, okay. Uh, I I prefer if Atletico didn't drop into Europa League just because we we don't have a wonderful history with Madrid teams, considering we got knocked out by a Madrid team for like the past like seven years. Um, so we'll we'll uh we'll just we'll just hope that. Um, all right, now is group of death: PSG, Newcastle, Milan, Dortmund. Um, I'd love it if Milan and Dortmund went through, mostly because those are the landings for every single one of our transfer targets. With with our nil limited trans European knowledge, just because like I think we we generally all, all of us like like at the pod like like generally like have good vibes for those clubs, um and like they're known as like like pretty good developmental clubs and like it's working like like we did say Milan or Dortmund for Pulisic he played at both and he developed very well at both and he's doing very well at Milan, um and then I the the, the Qatari Saudi access can can fall off a cliff. Uh, and I'd be okay with that. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm picking Milan Dortmund just for fun. Uh, do I think that's going to be the case? Not necessarily. They did dominate Newcastle though, but it still ended up a draw. Um, Chris. Um, I just the only thing that matters to me is like PSG not making it out of that group. Like outside of that, I really do not care what else happens. Like. Anything else is irrelevant. If PSG can finish in fourth or third, oh, that'd be awesome. So, but yeah, you know, for, for me, I think in terms of transfer target, definitely Milan, Dortmund, I think they'd, they'd both be really good fits. So to make it out of the group for sure. <laughs> Hunter, you're making faces. At first, I vehemently disagree with Chris. Um, not, in, not in the sentiment, but in the outcome. 
um, with with PSG not making it out of the group. But then I looked at their squad, and it's so strange because obviously they have an attack of um, uh, Mbappe, Kolomuani, and and Dembele. Uh, or uh, yeah, Usman Dembele. Um, Mbappe is Mbappe. I think Kolomuani would would be a bigger name had he scored that goal um, against Argentina in the World Cup final. Um, and then Usman Dembele, if he's healthy, he's good. It's just he's never healthy. Um, and then they have a really weird midfield. Um, at least in the first in the first match, they put out a midfield of Vitinha, Ugarte, and Zaire Emery, um, who I've never heard of before, which is interesting. Um, and then they have a good defense um, of Lucas Hernandez. I think Zaire's like like he's like sixteen or something. That's like, he, he like sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure he's like crazy young. Seventeen, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and then a defense of. Lucas Hernandez, Grandiar Marquinhos, and Hakimi, and Donnarumma. It's like, that's a really weird, I guess, like, Oreo of a team where it's like, the attack is good, the defense is good, midfield is weird. Um, and I feel like with, you know, Dembele going to get injured probably before the next match, who do they have as a backup? I don't really know. Um, at least nobody with any of that big superstar um uh, talent and that big superstar name that they're so used to having. Um, so I think it's very possible that like if Dembele gets injured and then the midfield sucks and then the def- and, and the defense can't handle it, it's very possible they finish third. Um, but in all likelihood, it'll be PSG one and then everybody battling it out for two. Um, but I'm going to go for Milan at two. Um, see, see my baby boy go through. See your old man go through too, Giroud. <laughs> I, I I miss Ollie deeply, uh, and Tamori also. Just no, the, we have we have enough center backs. Getting getting the game Def- back together. Defending uh, is defending is not the issue. The rest of it. Um, Lee. Um, you know, I I I gotta agree with you. You know, for the for the for the sake of morality in the fields, I want Dortmund and Atletico. Um, sorry, Dortmund and Milan, but. You know, Dortmund has been cursed with these group of deaths recently, and they really haven't been the ones eating it through. Um, I guess there's that one time that Inter Milan got knocked out instead. But uh, I do see Dortmund having a stronger chance than AC. Maybe a difference with Pulisic, but um, I definitely do see, like, one of the oil clubs going through and one of the non-oil clubs going through in my hopes. I think yeah, I, I think I, I think that's what's actually gonna happen. I think I think one of the one oil, one non oil. Um all right. Uh and there's group G City, Leipzig, uh Red Star and Young Boys. Um, yeah, okay, City Leipzig. I mean whatever. Um Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar, and Antwerp. I think Barcelona's gotta like work hard to not get out of this group. Um, it's yeah. So I'm 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 gonna pick Barcelona and Porto. Shakhtar has um their own kind of domestic uh issues going on with just being located in in Ukraine. Antwerp, I mean Antwerp is one of those like it's like a like a Leicester type like like it's not something that happens where they they get that far in the cha- or they they get that far in their league. Um, was it that was that was one was it Vertonghen or Alderweireld? One of one of the 
one of the the Belgian Tottenham guys, um, the Belgian Tottenham twins, uh, scored like last minute goal to to win them the trophy in their there's like a weird format. I don't know if we if we were potting at the end of last season, this would be like this would be a good like five minute storyline or something. I don't remember what happened to be honest, but but he scored like a last minute goal and something magical happened. Yeah, Wait, do you have any I, more insight? I think it, it's it, I think it was Toby, but then when I thought Toby, I was like, wait, was it Alderweireld? I I think I remember <laughs> it be. <laughs> I knew who put one and one together with the two, um, but I think it was Toby, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I forgot what in what context. I think it was one of those situations in that league. It was just like every ten minutes, like a different person, like the top four was a different order. Yeah. Um, and then I think Antwerp came out on top thanks to that goal. Well, they have like a weird format where like like at the at the end like certain teams go into a playoff or some, something like that. It's like it's like a it's it's completely different than anything that that um we have as American slash British like like fans. Um, it is it is it is Toby. It's, it's out of the world. Um, Chris, you had, you had something to say, or was that covered? No, we're good. Uh, yeah, I was. I think it was out of the world. So. All right. Um. So, are we all going with Barcelona and Porto, or do we have varying opinions here? Um, I agree. I do want to say, mm-hmm. looking at a big picture, I think you know, almost every other year or something, there's like a country that really shows up. Like last year was Italy across all of Europe. During the pandemic year, there was like France. Um, England has been doing well this year. I do see uh, Benfica and Porto maybe making it through, maybe even make it to a quarterfinals. I think I think we'll be looking back at Portugal being the country of this year. I am, I do not watch their league. I'm just doing it purely on fields, but I could see like a, a country like Portugal just, you know, ex- um, exceeding expectations this season. That definitely serves the interest of this podcast in that our continuing narrative is that um, any country, usually Portugal and Netherlands, is has a superior league to the French league. Um, again, Kieran isn't here to defend himself and uh, Le Bleu. So, yeah, well, we're all agreeing with you. Um, we're all on board with that. Um, also, our predictions only hold, I guess, as like a, like a disclaimer, our predictions only hold. Uh, as far as Barcelona does not cease to exist, exist as a club uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, if Barcelona is banned from existing, uh, then then I guess we have different predictions. I'll probably take Shakhtar in, the, in that case. Uh, but it'd be fun to have Antwerp. Um, all right. Uh, I guess like speaking of Barcelona, like being a the club been existing, we'll go to we'll go to Spain. Um, what's happening in Spain? I can't find my Spain tab. Well. Bellingham. What's up? Bellingham is crushing it. Yeah. Um I was kind of hoping he wouldn't, but he's he's doing pretty well. Um yeah, I mean he, he went to Liverpool because we are poor and he is scoring literally every game. Um they're playing the Girona Madrid game at the same time as um same time as the, the Liverpool Spurs game, and it was, it was pretty good. I mean, they're they're like I think they're they're top two on top of the table. Um, and Girona, it's like a feel good story kind of, but it's also like owned by Citigroup. Uh, and yeah, oh, I guess yeah, they're they're like they're like top three. Um, all right, yeah, Madrid's on top. Barcelona is doing decently. What else? And anyone have any storylines they'd like to share from La Liga? Any thoughts they want to give on La Liga? 
aren't people online saying that Barcelona could be dissolved because of yeah like we we, we talked about that like, oh, okay All right. I mean, I I talked about it. I guess I was I researching. Guess yeah, it wasn't like a discussion, but yeah. I mean, if you want to give us like the the de like more details on that, sure. Because like I, I don't I, know I, any more details. That's why. Oh. I, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what I was looking up when when I when I so carelessly wasn't paying attention and brought up something that was already mentioned. Yeah. Apparently, they uh, laid the blueprint for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, they they paid the referees. Um, and I, I guess Hunter, you you took the you took the brunt of that uh, in two thousand nine. Um. And that the Chelsea had all those those handballs and or I guess Barcelona had all those handballs and, and it wasn't uh it wasn't called um I so... sent that meme. what's up? I sent that meme today. Oh did you... oh yeah yeah that was yeah. I actually I I watched those I watched those uh highlights today just so I could like just just so I could uh, pre prepare myself for, for the, the incoming um rant soon. Uh, just just so I could I could com compare and contrast and have a more cogent argument. Um, it's yeah. It, this up? is unrelated, except for La Liga. Yeah. But after eight match weeks, there are only seven teams in the table with a positive goal difference. Wow. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's wild. That's pretty extraordinary. It's it's one through six, and then Sevilla at fourteenth with, with a positive goal difference, and nobody has a zero goal difference. Sevilla at fourteenth is so funny <laughs> with a positive goal difference. That's such an odd statement. With four that losses, you have a positive goal difference. Maybe they just blasted the crap out of one team. Um, they did. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I, I guess it makes sense. Like, like all the, like the Barcelona PSG game. Um, like everyone kind of loves it just because like like PSG is a white club and Barcelona is like a soul club, um, and like like Remontada and like everyone loves the comeback story. Um, but like I feel like a lot like a lot of the people like a lot of the popular. I didn't I didn't have a chance to watch it. I. I I followed along with like notifications on my phone, um. But I like a lot of the people that um that there are a lot of people that are agreed by that that like like the ref added too much time, um. They favored Barcelona, all that stuff, and a lot of that is kind of falling into place now. Uh, with this this refereeing thing, maybe we'll have Lee. Maybe we'll have Walker on next week or something to 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 defend himself. Um, do you think he'll actually defend himself? I feel like he'll just be like. Yeah, I mean, he, he might as well speak about the club while it still exists. Right, right, exactly. We're running out of time to get him on. <laughs> that is fair. Um. Oh yeah, Sevilla. Sevilla killed uh Almeria. Um, and Messi seven five one. All right. So, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on on La Liga that you'd like to that you'd like to give? I think it's crazy that um. Oh no, I had it. Where did it go? The top scorers in La Liga are somewhat who you would expect and somewhat not. It's uh, Jude Bellingham. Um, and then tied, tied for second is uh, Lewandowski. Okay, it makes sense. But then it's Alvaro Morata and Takafusa Kubo for Real Sociedad. And that's one and that's one and a three-way tie for second, which I think is kind of cool that it's not just Lewandowski running away with it. I think it's like... First of all, I completely forgot that Morata was still at uh, Atletico, um, <laughs> but seeing Kubo up there is, is also pretty nice. He scored I think either once or twice against Madrid. Atletico beat Madrid in the Madrid Derby. That was a pretty big match. Um, all right, we're back. Um, you didn't know we left because you guys aren't listening in real time, but 
uh, Zoom stopped and then it's now on a, I can't restart until 10 minutes um, because capitalism. All right, Hunter, you had, you were making a point about um, the top scores. I just thought it was cool that Maratha is still alive and Kubo was up there. Point concluded. Very nice, very nice. Would you take Maratha back right now? Hunter, no, that's I a wouldn't. Question. I wouldn't take anybody. Like, well, actually, <laughs> no, I would. You're, you took everyone, though. <laughs> <laughs> no one I, left. I, I would take Maratha yeah, no back. No more players left. I, I would take Maratha back because it seems like uh, Nico Jackson um, has a habit of getting yellow cards. And as we all know, accumulation of yellow cards equals a suspension. So I suspect he'll be suspended at least one more game this season. He's suspended tomorrow. Uh, for, for you guys at home, we're recording this on Sunday night uh, before um, Chelsea get whoop-de-whopped by Fulham um, on Monday. Um, Andy Peters' hat-trick. Andy Peters' hat-trick. So it's like Armando Brogia is, is still not quite back at match fitness from his ACL injury from last year. He'll probably, he'll probably play 30 minutes, maybe 35 minutes. Um, but I suspect we will have some amount, some amalgamation of, of Sterling or um, Cole Palmer at striker, um, which we've seen before. doesn't really work. So we will lose one zero. Um, Hunter, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. I do have laugh at Chelsea time um, built into the rundown. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'll so save that, it then. Okay, that'll that'll you. come in a bit. Okay. Um. Okay. So we're gonna go to uh, Liga the Belgian missed two penalties. Uh, the French were not happy and were very racist. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a rough game. They could have gone on top of the table. Um, but they lost in the last minute to Nice. Um, today was the, the Nice Brest Derby. That's always fun. Um, and then, uh, PSG's on, oh, wait, no, PSG's not on top. This is last year's. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, and Balogun scored actually, I think it was either today or yesterday. And it seems I went into the club social media just to, just to see if they were still, uh, more, uh, racial epithets is that the epithet the right word? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Um, being thrown around, uh, th there weren't the people were very complimentary of Balogun, even putting up um, USA flags. I can't, I came to see in the comments that a lot of people were talking about how, um, uh, there, there were some Americans in the comments being like, You guys all like, well, like, like came at Balogun before, like, now look what he's doing for your club. Um, and a lot of the people in French, I use the little use translation button on Instagram. Um, we're saying, oh, like those are like like most of the people just like slamming Belgian and like saying things like that about him. Um, and just like in general about like our players, like they're not like real Monaco supporters. Like like the club, like the support the supporters stand behind him. Mostly those people are just people that are like addicted to betting and are like like lost money on this or that. Um, so they're just like extra angry and extra racist. Um, so. I guess like it, it's nice to know that that most of the club isn't that way and they support their players. Um, not so nice to know that there there are people. Someone someone there was there was one comment that I saw uh, from when he missed those penalties. He was like he was like, "What am I supposed to tell my landlord that I can't pay rent um, because you like n word like like lost my lost the match for us? I don't know. Maybe don't bet the amount that you needed to pay rent." 
Like, <laughs> I feel like that's common sense. Like, and, and it, it was like a derby match against like first and second. Um, so I, I don't know. It's common sense goes out the window sometimes with with, with people like this. But uh, yeah, so F- Flo is firing. Um, and PSG's in fifth, and that's funny. Uh, anyone else have anything to say about the French league? Why are we even put it? Maybe we should talk about the Dutch and Portuguese. I don't t- like talking about non-top five leagues. <laughs> at Kieran, I will at Kieran hard. I'm surprised it was brought up without Kieran being here. Because every time it's like we get to the end of the podcast, and then Kieran's like, "Oh, we got to talk about the French league," and everyone's like ready to be done with the podcast, but Kieran's just insistent on talking about it. To be fair to today's episode, Florian Balligan is. American through and through. Um, Absolutely. And, and he is yeah. relevant. He, 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 he is no other nationality. <laughs> right. He's American. I think we should spend the rest of the hour talking about the French league while Karen's not here. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that, that might be a better, uh, <laughs> a better, a better shot. Um, yeah. I mean, I brought it up mostly because of uh, Florian Balligan and also because of, uh, of course, the, the Nice Brest Derby today. Um, uh, that's that's really all I have to say about that. Um, if anyone has anything else, I don't think so. Uh, PSG is kind of a mess right now. Um, okay. Uh, we'll go to Syria. I think we all of I think all of, I don't know about all. Of, uh, some of us have definitely been watching at least uh, more Syria just because. Um, I mean, me mostly because of Pulisic, uh, and also because like I don't know. I got I got myself a, an Origi Milan jersey, so. I gotta, I gotta watch a team that I have a jersey of. Dude, I, I know I said so. I said this in our group chat a couple of days ago, but I have so many jerseys that I want to buy. It's not even funny. It's gonna be so expensive. But I'm on on DHgate. I've never bought one there, but like I've heard they're pretty good. Uh, excuse me if later on I I bring up another topic that was um discussed already because I'm gonna gonna go do some research. Okay. Um. Uh, Lee, you got you got thoughts on on Italy, Italia? No, I haven't yeah. really been following the Italian league this season. Okay. Or really, any season. Fair enough. Um, hey, it's a fun league. It's a fun league. I do respect the top four race all the time. It's just the style of play. Well, here here's the here's the, the thing is like the whole style of play thing. I think is like overblown. Like yeah, like that was a thing when like it was like Mourinho like. I mean, even Saki's Milan was good, but um, I th- I need to find the stats, but I am fairly certain Italy has had like in the past a couple of years, Italy has had the most goals out of any of the top five leagues, um, or maybe it's either first or second in any of the top five leagues for the past like two three seasons, um, so that that like whole like Italy is like a defensive league, blah blah, blah. um, that's like fake, or it's it's just like it's like a kind of a stereotype that, um continues to affect them today because it's like you don't want to watch a league that doesn't have any goals and then like if you keep not watching it you don't know when the, the goals come back um so well, I, I guess you kind of call my bullshit i think the real reason is that ever since italy beat england in the euros finals i have refused to watch anything italian bro lee is the biggest anglophile i've ever met <laughs> it's like it's like insane <laughs> Nice. Do, you, do, you, do you care to do you care to explain yourself? Because on this on this podcast, we're all very anti-England. Very I, much I so. For me, you know, picking 
I think I think sports and identity are you know significantly intertwined, and it it took me a while to really pick a non you know American team that had. For growing up, I really never had a sports team because I grew up in a city that refused to have sports team. It being Las Vegas, and you know I think I decided to really want to watch like club level football, but I turned away from it for a while because I'm like, what club am I going to support? And then I slowly fell in love with Tottenham during the Pochettino era, and for me, you know, it's almost like. I almost sound like a an absolute thing is like saying like it's almost like role play like being like well if I if I like a Tottenham team I'm gonna respect England as a team too especially at the time the 2018 World Cup a lot of the players were Tottenham players so I grew to really enjoy England following them in the 2018 World Cup and ever since then I kind of just stunned if I were to pick any European team it would be England obviously at a World Cup level you know when the US was playing England I'm gonna choose my personal identity over it but when you're watching the Euros where I have no European connection at all. I'm gonna go for England. That's fair. Uh, yeah, when they're in the Euros, I just pick whatever team is playing against England. Um, I agree with your point <laughs> of England be or, or like like sports being tied very closely to identity, which is exactly why I'm just anti England. Um, because you know, 1776 and all, and also whatever Salt March and and uh, um with the nonviolence and, and Gandhi and all that. Um Chris, Chris, what are, what are your reasons for being anti England? I, I feel like we've never really talked about this. I, I know like I've I've talked about it before, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk I want to hear you. They charge us extra for the fucking tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's obviously the biggest reason. Um well I think like at its core I think English fans are literally the most annoying fans out of like any country out like any other country in the world when it's World Cup time and their team is playing, I just, like, a lot of them, you know, vast majority, I respect it, and I feel like they're very, you know, in general, pretty respectful. Not all of them, obviously. But, um, I don't know, English fans, to me, they just feel, like, kind of entitled, right? Like, they haven't won a World Cup since 1966, and they seem to, like, have this mentality that they deserve every single World Cup, every single tournament even though they're, they're not particularly good at winning them. You know, it's, I mean, it's been, God, 60 years since they last won one, and they seem to act like they won it last year. So to me, that's that's kind of why. I, um, I, I, think Pernod, I, don't like it. I think Pernod wants to make the joke, so I'm going to say it first. <laughs> Isn't the vast majority of English fans United fans as well? Oh, no, that's, that's all right. Uh, United fans are also very entitled and, and rude, so... I was I was gonna make the joke that um going along with Lee's identity and the sports, uh, Lee likes England because they don't win trophies and that's that's his thing. <laughs> no, I I I like them because it's their can do attitude regardless of what the outcome is. It's about <laughs> it's about shooting for the can do attitude because they're the protagonist of a children's book. <laughs> if you're shooting England and you know my personal club team. Both, you know, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you kind of land among the stars. They don't land anywhere though, either. Well, we're we're in the top six conversation still, so we're a top six team. And does that yeah. get you a trophy or what does that get you? It gets us in the conversation. So, you know, we haven't hit the star, but we landed among them. So do you have a conversation cabinet instead of a trophy cabinet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to understand here. That's all. You know, honestly, like it's fine, you know. 
I maybe at the current time of year we don't really have a lot of trophies, but you know, at least we're really enjoying being able to look down basically half of the people in this chat. Um, you right now, actually, all three of the people in this chat are looking down towards you guys. Ever though, so Chris, I don't really you get your point there. Because I, 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 I didn't hear the beginning part of what you said. I said that there's Lee was saying within the time of year, there's not like a trophy conversation for Tottenham. There's no trophy conversation in general ever, any time of year, well, except for the Audi Cup, I guess. Audi Cup. Yeah, and I, no one else here has won that really. So not even Bayern could have taken it from us. So we beat point. Bayern, which is something that you know. And they're sponsored by Audi, see. so that's that's like a pretty yeah. big deal. We beat Bayern in their own home preseason tournament. Yeah. Well, that's that's very impressively. Um yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Um no, I, I mean I I generally like like I like Tottenham. Um I th- I do think part of the reason that I like Tottenham is just because like they're like they're fun, but they don't really like really present a that threat. But um no, I, I generally like I generally like Tottenham Tottenham scores. I, I just uh with the with the whole England thing, um I mean like I I support Liverpool and Liverpool supporters are historically just not England supporters, um, including like Liverpool themselves, like one of their promos for one of their away jerseys. I think uh, it was, this was 1819 when we won the Champions League. Um, it was like, like they went around and interviewed a bunch of Liverpool players and they were like, this had nothing to do with the actual jersey, but this was just a promo for the jersey release. But they were like, clever country. And everyone was like, nope. um, and that was, that was, that was the whole promo. Uh, and then they were like, here, we have new purple jerseys. Um, and, and Hunter, so yours is mostly predicated on, on T, T, T techs. So something like that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll take that. Um, also like, like, uh, Chris, to be fair, like I think Brazil kind of acts that way as well, but I think they have some sort of like, they have, Brazil they back, can it up. back it up. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they have won world cup somewhat recently, yeah. like in this century. In this century. <laughs> so there's that. Right. Um, Brazil fans are definitely entitled, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's degree. always there's always some some degree of like expectation. Um, I always pick Brazil. I'm that's why I said the next World Cup. I'm not gonna pick Brazil just because I always I'm like the Brazil's definitely gonna win this World Cup, and they, they just don't. Um, maybe once in my lifetime. Uh, however, uh, I was talking to Victor, who is our Brazil correspondent, or. <laughs> Our, our official Brazil correspondent for the Chip the Keeper podcast. Uh, and he was talking about how he would prefer to see um, Fluminense win a Libertadores uh, over Brazil winning a World Cup, um, which I thought was was interesting. I don't know if that's like a common opinion or if, if that's just him, but we can we can ask him next time. Um, okay, so Pulisic scored this week. He's been doing pretty well once he escaped the shackles, the blue shackles of West London. Um uh, and we can go to, I mean, I guess Europa League, but no one really wants to talk about Europa League. Liverpool's in it. They won. Um, well, um, I think as we get deeper in the competition, we can talk about Europa League more. Because um, now you're playing Utsnak, you know. Skutnu Skutnu. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton of experience in this competition. I feel like, uh, yeah, recently I, I just haven't had much of a chance. We played Lask, we beat Lask, uh, classic 3-1 storyline. 
Um, all right, we can move on to the Prem now. Um, okay, so big slate of upsets this week. A big slate of fixtures this week, I guess. Uh, I don't know if we can call um, Crystal Palace United an upset anymore. But Crystal Palace beat United one uh, nil. Pretty pretty interesting goal. Um, Chris, you want to give us a little little bit on that match, or I mean, you don't want to, but like, yeah, I, I guess go. it's. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Um, well, the ironic part is United beat Crystal Palace like five days earlier, three nothing, right? Um. But that was the Carabao Cup, and they're actually pretty good there for some reason. Yeah, they they lost one nothing to Crystal Palace. Um, I don't have anything exciting to say about this team at all. Uh, it's like the eighty six minute Ten Hog is putting in Lindelof and Maguire. Um, you know, two natural born goal goal scorers. Obviously, I just well, yeah, that's crazy. He threw up Maguire as a number nine. Yeah, that's where we are. So the, the the thing with United is, and we've known this for 10 years now, nothing will change until the Glazers get out, right? And so three months from now, when United's sitting in seventh place and they move into the Europa League or get eliminated from the Champions League, uh, the fans are going to want something to change and the Glazers are going to kick out Ten Hag and then the vicious cycle repeats for the next three years again. So, I I I kind of think this Glazers thing is a cop out. I will not lie. Um, what is the Glazers thing? Uh, so Varan, World Cup winner Onana. Uh, I think he was Serie A keeper of the year. Went to a Champions League final. Performed very well in the Champions League final. Amrabat uh, was great at the World Cup, but he did play left back for some reason. Um, but again, that's not the great. Yeah. Glazers didn't play him at left back. He's a right-footed CDM. Um, Mason Mount, not a CDM, but he, I mean, on, on paper, he played a CDM. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he pushed up a little bit. Mason yeah, Mount, kind of box um, every box. coach's favorite player. Marcus Rashford, um, one of the next big things. Bruno Fernandes, um, United's player of the season. Regalvanized United when he came in. Rasmus Hoyland, um, I mean, I, I don't know much about him, but I'm, I'm sure, like, if he was, if he was at, like, another club, then... Like I mean, from the from the stuff I've been hearing about him, I feel like he was if he was at a club, another club, he might have uh, pushed on more. I don't know anything about Polistri. Um, Ericsson's past his prime. Garnacho is a promising young player. Van de Beek destroyed by United. Martial, promising young player. Um, Maguire, one of the seventy million. Um, and like the seventy million was like like worth like like City was also tracking him. Um, and Johnny Evans. <laughs> Johnny Evans is Johnny Evans. The go <laughs> Scott McTominay, Scott McSauce. Um, he scores for Scotland. He does well for Scotland, uh, but he's not doing well for United. Uh, the Glazers brought them in. They can't control what happens on the field. They can't control Sancho um, doing throwing Sancho tantrums. Um, so, <laughs> also Anthony's back in training. Um, he, he is. He assaulted a woman. <laughs> Sancho didn't apologize, but he's still out of the club. I don't think the Glazers have control over any of that. Um, but this is very much so like a cultural thing. Like the culture of Manchester United is terrible, in my opinion. Um, to what degree does do the Glazers affect that? Probably less than I'm making it sound like. But 
I think like club owners do have a really large impact on their team in general, culturally. They have, they have an inv- impact on the comings and goings, but they're not in the dressing room. They're not at, at training. Yeah, but still, I like. I think like culturally, they do impact the team. Also, I want to redact like, that statement. Todd Bowley was in the dressing room and he, he gave a rousing speech, and then they lost that game. But and then in the next game, <laughs> they did the same thing. And then what, Hunter? And then the next game, they did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. It's just but like like Chris. My question is like, what would you have the like outside of the intangible of culture? What would you have either the Glazers do differently or new owners do differently? Because like, um, because it's not like they're just it's not like they're you know the owners of Liverpool whose names are escaping me right now and just really not spending any money ever at all apparently sports group yeah um it's like they're they're bringing in players every every they every they window. are you abs you you're correct they are bringing in players but there's no plan like all their signings for the most part are very much so like panic purchases last second. Let me buy Di Maria last day of the transfer window. Oh, let me buy Falcao real I, quick. I don't, that that happened, but like, what did you need? You needed a CDM. They brought in Casemiro, one of the best CDMs in history. Yeah, and then so, you guys and then and then they they, they backed it up for with buying Amrabat. Casemiro instead of buying a young CDM. That would okay, well, and they bought an Amrabat. As Pratt's, that's probably mostly Kieran to be fair, because Kieran had it was had... both of you guys. Was it really? <laughs> what happened? Yes. What was it? Casemiro. What about yeah, I think you guys were talking I, about how 70 mil was spent on Casemiro and, and how old he is. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think it was like a like a great purchase. Uh but at the okay, same time. Okay, but he like... has more goals than Chelsea almost. Like he's two goals away <laughs> for the year, for the season. Like he's two goals away from getting Chelsea. So like I don't think it was the smartest purchase, but at the same time, like like that they're spending money where money needs to be spent. And like I, I, know, I just but think they're a scapegoat at this point. Like you can wear your, your green and green and yellow scarves, your Norwich scarves, and yellow glazers it out. But like, if the glazers go out, like I don't like that. That doesn't account for Bruno Fernandez being like a petulant child in when he's supposed to be your like savior. Yeah, and is that a cultural issue or or what? That's, I mean, yeah, I guess that's 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 fair. But Ten Hag was supposed and, to be that Sancho, guy. Sancho, like not apologize like that. I mean, there's just a lot of big egos that well, are his not manager threw him under the bus. Like for no reason, I know. And who and why? Because <laughs> he like, just doesn't train. I don't know. I I mean like yeah. So I mean to be fair, Sancho. There was like even Dorman was like yeah. He just like play PlayStation until like four a.m. and then not show up to training until like like forty five minutes late. Um, and I guess Ten Hag wanted none of that, but like he like don't throw him under the bus in the media. You just look worse now. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything that happened there was good. I am curious though. Like five years ago, if Jurgen Klopp was hired at Manchester United, do you think like we'd be having this conversation right now? Um. Well, they tried. He said no, but um. That's a good. I, I mean, I don't think like he would have. I think there are like very specific reasons why he fit in with like Liverpool. Um, so I don't know whether he would have had that fit with United. Um, it's like I can't I can't say. But I think like 
but it's not for lack of bad ma- good managers, right? Like like Mourinho is known as a man manager. Um, I was listening to Peter Crouch's podcast, and Stuart Sidwell was talking about how like phenomenal Mourinho is at man management. Maybe recently like, he's gotten worse, but that started at United. Um, like they've broken managers that like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Poch would have been better for United. I don't know why that that feels more right. I don't think Poch would have made it at United. Oh really? I don't think he would have made it. So okay, I so please, Lee, what? I agree. Why? Um, similar to how you know, it's kind of the same situation with Chelsea. Like Conte wasn't a exactly. manager for Tottenham, and Pochettino's not a good manager for Chelsea. They're just two very juxtaposed cultures. I I would put United in a closer boat with Chelsea, and I think that's why managers like Pochettino don't work for United. I think maybe maybe it's just my like personal perception. I don't see United as like a cold club like Chelsea for whatever reason. Um, maybe that's just because they're the Red Devils and the Devils associated. But what United. do you mean by cold? There's like a like a dungeon type of feeling that I get with Chelsea. You know, like players um, are trapped there, or what? It's it's more of like a I don't know how to explain it. It's like a um the the best i remember i forgot who put it best but you know tottenham like is a feel-good club like even though like at the moment at the pochettino we needed immediate results and that's why we went for Mourinho and conte if we're not playing well or if we're not playing the style we want to one bad result will immediately turn everyone against the manager a few bad results with chelsea like it's win at all costs and the pressure is to win that's i think that's kind of the the dungeon mentality that like they're kind of put in this like vicious setting of you need to bring the results practically immediately. Otherwise, it's, it's the same with United. Yeah, I think it is the same with United. Maybe maybe it's literally just because their color is red and Chelsea's color is blue and that's hot and cold. I don't know. But it's it, <laughs> like there, there, there's a different feeling I get when I think of United versus Chelsea. Um, I think like historically both teams have tremendous management turnover. And I think because they both have this expectation, especially the fans of, of like winning nonstop. I think the effect is the same, but more. I don't want to even say the affect, but just kind. Of, they can came up differently. Chelsea is kind of a young club that came through newer money, while United, like historically, has been one of the most prestigious football clubs. So both of them have these high level resources that demand immediate success. I think they just came from different means. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll have more. You know what? Let's talk about United more when Kieran is here because he hates talking about United. Um, all right. Uh, now we have okay. So, I mean, I don't really want to do laughing at Everton because at this point, I just feel bad. They lost to Luton Town. Um, they did beat who they beat? They beat Brentford. They actually cooked Brentford, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, Everton's not doing so hot. They are. They finally got a goal. They're in sixteenth. Okay, maybe they're. It is possible there's enough crap at the bottom of the league to keep them up. Um, and that is probably the nicest thing I can say about Everton right now. Um, anyone else have anything to say about Everton? I feel like I feel like Lee would always would have thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think Everton's gonna squeak by again, just purely through the. I mean, Luton Town did prove differently with their first one in the Premier League. Congrats to them. But I think with the performance Luton, Sheffield, and uh, Burnley have been giving this season, I think it's going to be a really lame relegation battle. I know it's one; it's too early to call, um, 
it is a bad thing because we the last few years the relegation battle has been much more interesting than um as interesting as the top four and definitely much more interesting than the title race. I think like with Everton, it's like, what's the point of kicking them while they're down? Unless Kieran's gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't was... I don't think that's true. I think I mean as like the Liverpool fan here, I feel like I feel like we spend most of our time or like, I I just I do, I try to is like then most of my time like on the pod like like make Everton jokes, but then like I spend most of my time like reassuring Kieran. <laughs> I mean, like, no, no, Kieran, no, it's, okay. it's gonna like, be okay. Like, they had they had okay. this victory, like they did this. Um, they had that goal against like like City last season, like or two seasons ago. Like, uh, but I I feel like we we don't we don't really like like Kieran kicks himself too much. It's just an Everton fan thing, I think. Like Roger Bennett does the same thing. It's um, it's hard to dislike Everton as as American because you know we purely go based on American fan base. I know in England like. Everton's had kind of have this rich snobby atmosphere to them, but here, like I know, Kieran really exemplifies that as as an American fan of Everton, but he's really the only annoying Everton fan I know. So it really is just like a kind of feel bad club. But I think I think it's like I do wish, like honestly, like if if one other club was to really join more cons- the consistency of like the top six clubs, I really did kind of root for Everton or West Ham to join them. I think it'd be nice to have. You know the two scouts teams, you know, about like with the same level of the two United teams and having four London teams really make a top eight. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, Kieran is very delusional as an Everton fan. Just, just with regards to like, I remember two years ago, Kieran was I, like, I "Yeah, know. you know, like this player, we're gonna get." I forget who, but it was like some good player that should have been going to like a top tier club, and he was like, "Yeah, we could sign them and then finish sixth. And I was like, "What? No, no, it what was are that, you it was talking if, about?" If Ancelotti stayed, they'd finish sixth, and he said it with like extreme certainty. Uh, but yeah. I, but I will say, like, I think I think the last two seasons did do a number on him. Um, I spoke to him like recently, and he was like. He was like going through result by result, and he was like, "I don't think we can win this. I don't think we can win this. We might get a point from this. Like, I don't think, dude, we're going down. We're going down. Like, I don't. I think like, I don't. I don't think he's necessarily delusional. I think what he said about being sixth was a little bit, but like, I don't think he's necessarily delusional. I think it's just like, like he he had to keep out some hope. You know, you like yeah, have hope as a as a fan of a club. Um, that's what that's what keeps us going. But he, yeah, I think he's. But now he's kind of fallen into the darkness. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Everton will stay up. That's just because well, that's what they do. That's their, that's their role in life. Um, same way, same way. Tottenham doesn't win trophies. Everton's gonna stay up. Um, just because there, there are things that are predetermined in this universe. And that's how, that's how that works. Um, do we want to do more Everton, or do we want to uh, move on to, to Chelsea? Haha, time. Okay, Hunter wants to do Chelsea haha time. Hunter, would you like to lead Chelsea haha time? Let's get it over with. I don't know what to do with this team. I don't know what to do because clearly spending the money doesn't work. He brought in what I think is a really good manager in po- in Poch, at least better than fifteenth. Um, I think the issue is Todd Bowley is playing career mode. And just buying all of the young players, uh, going on to SoFIFA.com, searching by age, uh, maximum of 24, uh, potential um, 82 to 99, and then just buying whoever pops up. 
Um, I do think that we've been very, very unlucky with um, injuries this season. Um, that's about the only solace that I have is that like if Nkunku didn't get injured and then his backup, uh, Karni Chukwameka didn't get injured and then um, an injury to uh, Wesley Fofana and then Reese James and then Malagusto and then well, M- Malagusto suspended. Um, and then Ben Chilwell, it's like everybody's injured. Everybody, all of our what should be impactful players are injured. So therefore, I I just don't know like who who can really step up. It's like it's like on like for Liverpool, it's it's like if if you know Salah, Trent, Rabo. VVD, who plays in the midfield now? I mean, that like pretty much happened. Matt Gallister all got injured at the same time. Our pandemic year. Um, and like we still pulled out top four. They weren't in 15th, Hunter. And they also didn't spend a billion dollars. That's what I'm saying. So. Is I don't, is like outside of the injuries, I don't know what. Like, like who, who come, like Unkunku. Unkunku, I'll give you Unkunku. Um, we don't know yet because he hasn't played in the league. Um, you can say all you want about like preseason, he was great, but like so was Mudrick. Um, and then and then what? Um, well, so, Mudrick, like, like, who, who comes back and like elevates your team to where Chelsea should be? I don't think there's anyone. I generally don't. I I, I think in Kungu and Reese James. I think if the both of the, I think if the both of them come back and they stay healthy, I think then we can turn this. Don't Chelsea have like the most XG in the league or something stupid like that? Like. I don't know if it's the most XG, but they've won every single they, game on XG. They're oh, number yeah. two for That's, XG. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that really Hunter uh Lee, you'll like this. Hunter had to take um I think it was the early weeks of the season or preseason that uh Nico Jackson is the new DDA Drogba. Um and we thought he was kidding, and then he said, I'm not kidding. Um so Hunter, would you like to defend yourself or Lee, would you like to say something about that? I mean, do you still think that way? Like, how early? In the, like, this was before the season started, right? I think yeah. it was. I think it was like a game in, or maybe it was before the season. I think it was I th- a game. I think it was at the. I think it must have been at the end of preseason because he he because sense. he played very 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 well, um at uh in in preseason and it's like yes it's preseason but like it's not like we played Skutnu and Ratnu all all preseason it's like we played you know we played um. Uh, Wrexham first game, which is like yeah, yeah, whatever. But then like we played almost, uh, we played Dortmund, and then we played like exclusively Premier League teams. Um, and it's like yes, they also are going to put out a weekend lineup, but also, you know, it's not like it's not like we're playing nobody. Um, I don't know. I. And now, what do you think? Like he's just gonna flop ultimately, like the whole. No, I don't. Th- like, I, I don't think he's gonna flop. I, I think that he needs to figure out um, the onsides rule, or, or the offsides rule, and I think he needs to stop getting yellow cards. Um, he did score midweek um, in the league cup, which, like, if he wasn't serving a suspension, I think that that he would be able to um, pull that form in against Fulham because, like. Fulham are probably better than Chelsea, but it's not like we're playing City. Um, I don't know. I think that he would have been able to pull that form, but now he's going to have a big long break between matches. Um, so that so that that form and and he was very narrowly offsides for 
what would have been a second goal for him. Um, so I think so he's figuring it out, but I think like if we don't figure out the injury bug, then I then I think that we might get relegated. Yeah, oh, I, I hope so. Um, <laughs> well, I, frankly, just like him, I think a lot of the players, you know, truly are like high potential players, and it sucks because not for Chelsea, but for these players that Chelsea has become like an 18 to 22 career graveyard, similar how United has been like a 23 to 28 year old career graveyard. Like a lot of these players who prove themselves so they're like nearing world-class level or are world-class level. And then they go to United because that's the club to go to in England. And everyone has this certain attitude that United suddenly going to make them better. And everyone's waiting for some magic to happen to their legs and nothing's happening. So I think both these teams have been graveyards for both of them. Um, so, was, well, I think a lot of like, well, during the Pochettino era, now this era, we've turned out some high potential people. Delhi Alley was the, weird enough. The, listener, the listeners don't know what you're responding to. Oh. oh, by the way, in the chat, I said that Tottenham in general is a graveyard. Yeah. I don't um, think that's true. I think they kick on and go to other places. Like Ericsson did well at Tottenham, and then he ended up at United, and now he's dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, I think I, I, I think the roles um, really reverse from like the at, you know the mid two thousand tens. Like Liverpool and Tottenham were you know where careers went to really go nowhere, but now I think Liverpool after Klopp and Pochettino. So I knew what I was saying was going to come up mid sentence, and I think I should just leave that to mystery now because I also forgot what I was going to say. It's fair. Um, yeah, that, nice. I got the message across. Yeah, I guess that's that's fair. Um, all right, Hunter, uh, you can keep uh, Chelsea haha time. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do. Um, the one thing I will say is, despite the lack of like stats. Um, I think Mudrick has played a lot better um, this season than he has last season. Um, that doesn't really mean a whole lot when nobody can score a goal. Um, but I do think that, like, like if, if if Nico Jackson gets hot, I think that'll show Mudrick getting hot. Um, I don't know. I I'm still holding out hope for him. Um, I think that he is showing more bursts of, of potential and ability than he did last year. Um, it's just a matter of stringing it together with the rest of the team or at least like one other player. Um, but I think, I think, I think tomorrow against Fulham, um, likely without a recognized striker on the field, um, I honestly have, have no idea how we're going to line up. It, it'll, it'll either be, Axel Sassi, who has 49 pace on FIFA playing right back, um, or we'll play some strange three at the back and then play a winger at right wing back or play a left back at right back, something weird. Um, somebody's going to be playing out of position, which means the whole system's going to collapse and we'll lose. So. Um, so I am curious, right? So, you know, you, you brought up injuries, right? Being like a potential cause for some of the, uh, poor results and you're saying Nkunku and Reese James could like potentially affect the game right um, yeah. ha- if they were healthy Correct. right where's the other like 950 million dollars where did that go I don't fucking and know why, why would that 
It's a career Why mode. Why is that dude. not able to affect the game? Because it's a career mode. And and, See? and 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 I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's a career I, I know. mode. And we're buying all of the young players with, with 82 potential or higher. And, you know, like, so so it's a lot of them are very young and, like, just aren't experienced enough to get on the field. A lot of them are out on loan. Um and then you have players like uh, Caicedo, who we got diddled by Brighton again. That's that's back-to-back seasons now where they've sold us a player um, for no, way no, more. No, they didn't, you Caicedo. bought a player. It wasn't like they didn't want him to leave. Okay, well, well so we could have had him for like 100 or 110 or whatever it was. And then Liverpool got involved, and it was like, actually, the price is now one thirty. And Chelsea said, mm, "That sounds like a better deal than one ten. So let's so let's spend that money." Um, but I guess I guess the toddler uh, is okay with that. But I'm not like I said, I'm not defending it. But but I think I like, like like if those two players were healthy, um, I think that we wouldn't be in fifteenth. We would maybe be in twelfth. <laughs> I think that I think that we would be in a, in a in a better spot. I think we would have more than one win on this or two wins on the season. Or one. You just want to note that like I feel like these players also got to be like fearing for their lives um, because they're on these. Uh, we all learned uh, we all learned a new five syllable word in this past year, which is amortization. Um, I am 100% sure. Maybe maybe you lead it because you do business stuff. Uh, I guess, Chris, you too, but uh, I guess not, probably not in that uh, that regard. But, um, like, that's that's a new word that all of us learned because of Chelsea Football Club. And so, I mean, for, for, for the listeners, maybe, maybe Chris can give a better explanation, but my understanding of amortization is just, or maybe Chris or Hunter, is just that, like, basically just just splitting a contract into multiple years just so you only have to pay like like a certain amount it's basically you're buying these players on layaway is is what's happening um and uh i mean everyone knows that you should pay off your credit card bill like as soon as you don't spend more than you have um but like you i don't know you you can't just i find that a lot of times chelsea supporters that keep using oh they're amortized um like like the market is inflated like what do you want us to do is like a defense um and but like at the same time like these are players whose careers are on the line because like they're trapped now at chelsea uh they can't because chelsea has spent so much money on them they like can't leave their contracts have to be bought out it's like joe felix yeah same story. And, but like joe, joe felix at least like has like there's like promise and stuff also he's like at barcelona right now he's, he's kind of killing it um but like right, he, but like, he's gonna get loaned out everywhere he goes because Atleti yeah. bought him for so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Atletico, I, I don't know what the contract was, but like, like eight year contracts is like it's it's great when like you think about it. But like, this is a sign that like like Chelsea like unless something like and something like has to like click like it ha- it'll have to be like like a snap, right? It can't like like I doubt it'll be like over time. But like, like this is both a bad sign for Chelsea for like years and years and years to come for like eight years uh, or, and it's also like, like awful for the players who are just trapped there. They like, they can't get out because they signed these contracts and I don't really have that much sympathy for them because they did sign these contracts and like, like it is very much a chasing money type thing. Um, and like, I guess like part of it is like, I have to, maybe, maybe I'm biased and I'm just believing that's the reason why Lavia and Caicedo chose Chelsea over Liverpool. But um yeah, I mean these these players are kind of like they're kind of throwing away their their careers. I'm glad Pulisic 
came in and out before before this really really went down the hole. Yeah, I, I think a big thing for me is what's really frustrating is with Chelsea performing so poorly right now and like so many of their players being young, I feel like the excuse of, oh, they're young, give it time to develop is often thrown out there. And it's so annoying because they spent so much money. And even though these players are young, they they should be good and they're not playing well. Like, I feel like we should all be sitting here being like, oh, this brings us so much joy. But I feel like every time Chelsea lose a game, I get a little bit angry. Um, I love seeing Chelsea in pain. I just like Chelsea with all my heart. But like at the same time, like it makes me angry that you can just and you can just keep doing this. You did it last time. You just keep sorry, the, the you, not not you, you, you didn't do it. Uh, but Todd Bowley did it and Chelsea Football Club did it. Um, and it just keeps going. And I, I think part of what is kind of adding on my frustrations is that there's this podcast I listen to called Caught Offside. Um, and they did a Chelsea in the club with I think um they did like basically like a deep dive on Chelsea and they basically interviewed this guy. Um I think his his podcast is called like London is always blue or London is blue or something like that podcast. Uh, and he was just like so optimistic, and I was like, "This is wild! Like, how can you be like?" He's like, "He's like, oh, the market is inflated, and like, like so obviously we have to spend more money. Like, no one is spending Chelsea money. Like, this isn't this isn't normal." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, we'll just we'll just come good in like a while. Like, we'll just come good in a bit." And he was just like giving answers like that, and I thought it was like mind blowing. But I don't know. I mean, you don't you don't seem to think that way, Hunter. Uh, but I want to know if you have your your finger on the pulse of Chelsea, and if, if how most supporters feel like if if you have any sort of idea. Um, I, th- I think it's a very solid mix of people like me who are just like, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like dejected. It's like, yeah, we spent all this money, but it's not a career mode where the players will grow in overall either quickly or slowly, but they'll still grow in overall. And eventually, whether it's the next year or three years from now, you end up with an 85 rated team. Um, that's just not really how real life works. Um, like, like it, it's very possible that, you know, once, you know, Nkunku comes back from injury, because apparently he's, um, he's ahead of schedule for his return. Um, it was supposed to be like January. Now I think it's like beginning of December last I saw. Um, so apparently he, he he's ahead of schedule. Um, so it very well could just be like, yeah, we're winning every game on XG, but we can't put put everything away. And then he comes back and he bags a few, and then that encourages Nick uh, Nico Jackson to go bag a few, and then Mundrick scores scores his first, and then and then we're fine. But it also could very well be that like he comes back and he kind of comes back in a room, uh, comes back in the team and looks around and says, "What the fuck has everyone been doing?" And then he has to kind of carry the whole thing by himself, which you know he has the ability to do. It's just very difficult. Um, so it's really like I'm I'm taking everything um, one game at a time, and I think once we hit that stretch of seven games where we where we'll get two points, um, you know, it's I think I I think that that's that'll be a crucial part of our season is if we can get more than two points in that set of fixtures because you know losing seven games in a row I think will be very bad for the team morale and then we'll just capitulate and people will stop caring again. Like, like what happened last year. Lee, do you have anything to add to Chelsea? Ha ha time. Or do we want to move on? 
No, I think um Chelsea did not really worth you know the time to spend. So I think we should just move on. That's fair. Um yeah, uh, hopefully that'll be a segment for for many months to come. Um all right, uh City lost to Wolves. Um the Wolves supporters were singing haha Mateus Nunez, what's the score? Because he forced a move to City and then he lost. Uh City need Rodri. It seems that they're pretty they you can get at them without Rodri. Um who has been insane, not least because of his handball that won City the title, but also he's also really good at soccer. Um, all right. Spurs versus Liverpool happened. Um I was very excited for it. It's always a good fixture, mostly because Liverpool always wins. Um before yesterday's match, um we're recording on Sunday before yesterday's match. Uh the one Lee you might know, but this, I think it was one of the last twenty-three matches was one one was won by Spurs. Um, now it's two of the last twenty-four. It was Spurs two one Liverpool. Um, so we'll get a, a bigger picture overall. Uh, I I will be whining about it, but um, Hunter has to go to sleep soon so that his patients can get the best care possible. Um, as he is, as as you heard at the top of the podcast, an athletic trainer for. For UNC health system. Um, all right. So Curtis Jones red card. Uh, that was my, my first kind of like aggrieved moment. Um, so I strong, I, I know. So I, I spoke to Lee. I don't know what Chris's opinion is on it. Um, I do not think that's a red card. Uh, and I can see how it can be given, uh, but to give a yellow and then overturn it into a red, I think is nuts. Um, just on the fact that like, I would. I think Sam's army put out a poll. When I checked, it was it was like fifty one to forty nine percent were saying like it was a red card, um, or sorry, it wasn't a red card, but it was like it was a like close. But like that's not a clear and obvious error. Uh, that's not how clear and obvious works. Uh, so to overturn it is, I think, like out of the question, and I think it should have just been a yellow anyway. Um, but yeah, Hunter, go go ahead. I think the biggest thing for me is that um, he. Comes in, yes, he stays on his feet, but to me, that's an out-of-control lunge with how far he has to reach. Um, he does make contact with the ball, but he kind of goes right over it and then studs up into the leg of the Spurs player. Um, to me, I think that's a like – like, like the more I watched it, the more um, I saw that angle of it as opposed to the, oh, like it was just an honest challenge, like whatever – um, you know, and that's not to say that that the refs had a perfect game. I'm sure you guys will, will talk about that in the next point, but um, I don't know. To me, that's that's a fairly obvious red card. Um, and for it to go to VAR and say yeah and say yes, this was a clear and obvious error. I think, for me at least, um, was the correct call. It's a it, it's a high tackle. It's a dangerous tackle. Um, there, there is a way to do a standing tackle that's legal and safe in the game, and that absolutely was not it. Um, the the Spurs player is very lucky to have his lower leg bones intact. He he didn't like go in on his ankle. Like the reason it was out of control is because he slipped over the ball. Like it's not like he was like aiming for his ankle. Also, like in, intent does matter. Like I will I will say like I've, oh. I've I've talked about this before, but like um, when when Sun. Uh, turned Andre Gomez's foot the other way. Um, that was a red card. I 
don't believe that should have been a red card. And I, I, I talked about that when that happened, whatever, like three or four years ago, um, not in this podcast, but like in general, um, Pascal Strauch, uh, turned Harvey Elliott's foot the other way. Um, Harvey Elliott himself said that wasn't a red card. I said, I, I didn't think it was a red card. Um, they were both not legal tackles, but they like, just because like, and, and that effect was a lot worse. Like, like their legs were literally facing the other way or their, their foot, their feet were actually like literally facing the other way. Um, first of all, like, like nothing really happened here. He was like, he was like, owie. Um, and it like, I, I think, I think calling that out of control, like he, he like, he never, like even after the tackle, he never fell down. He, he like apologized immediately after like, it was, it was there was there, like, like intent does matter. It wasn't, he, I don't, I think calling that out of control, there's no malicious intent. Like Stevie G stepped on the guy's foot for United. Uh, that's, that's, that's a red card. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I fail to see how that, that's a, that's just, a straight red. Just because he stayed up does not mean the lunge was perfectly in control. And also, like, like intent, to, like, sometimes matters. Like, obviously, like, like, talking about Steven Gerrard, like, if you obviously try to injure the player, that's going to be a red card. But also, there there is more to red cards than intent and result. It's, in the, in this case, the criteria for red card for me is that, like I said, going high on the ball, not really being in control and, coming and coming studs up like if you watch it at not full speed because full speed's tough but like the um kind of the the half speed so like not frame by frame but like slowed down it's like he makes contact with the ball but also like kind of barely he doesn't um, like follow through onto his ankle like it's just because the like the, the ball pushes him because, into the ankle. well right because 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 it was an out of control lunge there was no follow through to be had like the lunge was the dangerous part of the tackle so i like what he's not so another problem i had with this is that like the, the image that the referee is greeted with at the monitor when he grows up is literally the image of his his studs on his ankle um so like like I, yeah, I, so, because curtis jones went curtis jones went over the ball which is a high tackle, which is you don't okay, you don't think that which that is encroaching on a yellow, and then and then image. you look at the fact that it was that it was out of control, co- comes and clean cl- clean through clean over top of the ball, like yeah, he skims the top of the ball, but doesn't really slow him down he at all. Skim the top of the ball, and he goes the top of the ball has off the ball. He surely higher effect on his movement. Ball. Yeah, he literally bounces off the ball. I don't know, um, Lee, for, for, you, for you for you guys at home, for for you guys at home. Um, go go look up um the the account uh referee oh POV, and you know I I think that that he does a pretty good analysis on that um like he mm, like like the more the more I watch it the more I'm like yeah that's a red card. I don't but, know. I, sure that that one that one guy who refs like high school games is like hey that's that's a red card but like like every former player who is analyzing this is like that's not right dude the, the commentator I, you never hear the commentators just talk about one call for the whole they talk about that whole call for the whole game uh being like yeah that was that was silly um but anyway wait, i, I want to hear i want to hear at least maybe they did they change because I, I know lee and i talked about it lee said that he didn't think it was a red but that was in the moment and maybe you watched again you do think it's a red now lee um see here's the thing like i'm i'm actually gonna have to agree with you and not hunter on this um that like you know after going through what that son in the Everton game like there was no malintent but obviously you got a red card for that at the moment especially seeing that ankle twist um see you Hunter um Hunter's leaving guys so that was his last words um 
is that like I I felt so bad that I didn't see anything wrong with the red card, but then in hindsight, I was like, he didn't deserve it, and it did cost us the Everton game. Um, well, not directly. The twelve minutes of extra time did. Um, <laughs> because but, of that, because of that tackle. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, which came from the tackle actually. So, um, so honestly, like, and I know we're gonna. I'm not just gonna say my main opinion now. Um. I think I'm in the minority of Spurs fan because I truly believe that um, if one team is done wrong, then the entire league is done wrong. Um, and so while Spurs has won the results from it, next time would be us. And I think this, the attitude that I've seen most Spurs fan has is that we've been screwed before. So almost like kind of the sense of vindication of getting it back now and that that's how the game is. And that's not a positive mentality. I think Liverpool has done right. I saw their statement recently that they're trying to escalate it. I think they're doing well of not sitting idly by. Um, I know Spurs fan had joked that it's a crybaby club. Um, and I think Spurs, like Liverpool, I'm not a big fan of either team's reaction because the Liverpool, like, I don't think, you know, Arsenal or Liverpool fans or any enemies of Tottenham should really try to negate Tottenham's win. Like, again, yeah, we wouldn't have won it without the referee, but you... And Tottenham fans don't need to, you know, say, like, well, this is Liverpool's, like, what they deserve after the UCL final or that Liverpool cries all the time or they get a lot of benefits of VAR and refereeing too, and it goes both ways. I think we should just look at it as an example of the state of refereeing in, in the league, regardless of what two teams were positively or negatively affected. Um, because I think having this conversation in the context of it was unfair for Liverpool and Spurs got a cheeky win, it will turn off the conversation from Spurs being a part of that movement that Liverpool's trying to shake. And I think Liverpool's making the right moves and I think Tottenham as a club, you know, should be in line with that because neither of us want this to happen either way. So, I'm absolving me of future negative karma right now by saying I don't think it was necessary for I disagree with the first red card. I missed um Jada's yellow. So I don't know. I will say, you know, usually with the second red yellow, like you kind of like be a bit more like I think the referee did give yellows very easily and he gave a second yellow very quickly. I think that was very on brand and at least consistent with him. So second Jada's red card was a bit questionable and mixed. Um that um uh the goal the offsides goal um I, I remember they showed one angle and i immediately felt relief that like oh it's it's offsides but then i remember the nbc team talking about how they really did only show one angle and i realized huh that's right usually something like this usually take a lot more deliberation i know we've been demanding a lot quicker deliberation and i was a bit relieved for it to be immediately called and not have too deep a deliberation but um to find out that there were other angles and that VAR did call it to be onside and the miscommunication is just, it, it's tough because I was talking to Pranam about this is that, you know, after City lost, it was a really open season and it was a higher stakes game, especially for Liverpool because they could have went top of the table with three points. And honestly, going into this game, I was ready for a draw even at home because we just do not play well against Liverpool. I really thought we'd be cursed. And if it wasn't for that matchup goal, I would not have been surprised that with all the help that we got still didn't take three points. Um, but then I saw the table. They were showing the table right before the game started. And I realized if we draw, even though it was thanks to two really tough fixtures, 
like we would be like at six or seventh place and that's not a good look. Um, so it was really good. It just goes to show how good the top six race is right now. But when that game, when that Metro goal went in, all I could feel was euphoria of like breaking that curse. But I think as the foul went through and after finding out about the offsides goal, it, um, I think it didn't feel, it felt, it didn't feel like that I didn't deserve anymore. I was past that. We got the three points. It was lucky. I'm going to take it. Will I count that as breaking the curse? Sure, because I think this whole curse attitude has kept us in the loop. But I will say I'm not going to have that attitude of, you know, we got through with a cheeky win. Um, and uh, like we should like pretend that Liverpool deserve this. Like they don't. Um, and I think what happened to Liverpool hurts the league in general, even if it helps Spurs in this one week. Yeah, Chris, Chris, go ahead. Um, yeah. No, I, I kind of like that take of it's really the whole league, right, that is impacted by a bad call. Um, I don't think it was a red card, first off, uh, the Curtis Jones tackle. Um, because he goes into the ball, and then he just so happens to go through it by accident. But he literally hits the ball. He gets to the ball. Um, and yeah, there was there was no malicious intent there. It was just a very unfortunate circumstance. Um, and then yeah, that the Luis Diaz goal that was called offside. Um, I don't know what the refs were thinking there. It's it was very clearly onside. So there's that. Uh, this I didn't see Jota's first yellow. The second yellow, um. That was kind of a yellow card. I think he could have been a little bit more careful there. Um, he went, he slid right into the player. So that the second yellow was definitely yellow. I don't know what the first one was, but um, I don't know. I think like the question is: is is it a poor reflection on Tottenham to only be able to win that game two to one because of an own goal, despite having two more players, or is it? Liverpool just grinding it out and nearly just getting unlucky in the end. Like, I guess my question is, is it more so Tottenham being poor or Liverpool being really good for the scoreline being what it is? Curious what your guys' thoughts are on that. That's a good question. Um, well, well, sorry, I, I just, I, I need to get out of my soapbox for a bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, as with host powers, I'm going to, I'm going to table that for like, like two minutes. Um, so we, we we talked about the Curtis Jones red, red card obviously, uh, and that that changed the game tremendously. I actually thought like like until then, um, it was pretty even. I, I even maybe possibly have Tottenham or like like pushing a, a little bit. Um, although the, the shots didn't show that, the shots definitely showed Liverpool on top. But I think I think the consensus that I saw with Tottenham supporters is that like they played better against eleven than they did against ten or nine, um, which I thought was was kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So after that was the. And after after that, after the Chris Jones red card, I was just like, I was like, kind of, I was two hundreds were uh, dejected. I was pretty upset. Um, I didn't really have show much emotion. Uh, and then the Luis Diaz gold happened, and obviously I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then the the flag went up, um, and I was like, oh darn. And then I saw the first, I saw the image, the first, the only still image. Um, and it was like, it was like he was on by, so they actually measured it, it was sixty two centimeters, which is like two feet, which is a lot. Um, 
and then the game just like went on with no protest and I'm I'm like like everyone was genuinely confused that was there um so the so I guess for for those of you that haven't seen it um I mean Diaz was on by like foot we went man down and then Diaz scored like like 10 minutes later or so um and it's just like like sheer incompetence so the, the ref, it was flagged off and what actually happened was that the ruling on the field was that it was no goal um the referees I don't know we're we're playing like a twister or something I don't know what they were doing and they they were they were like like uh they checked they checked and they were like they said check complete um and to indicate that it, that the goal on the field could stand but however the ruling on the field was was that there was no goal so the so the default in the VAR's mind was that the goal is standing the default on the field the actual default was that the goal did not stand uh and therefore the play continued um apparently the rule is that once the free kick happens like once the the offsides like like free kick happens um then you can't call it back uh First of all, like I think it's kind of like a weird rule anyway. Like I get like why it's in charge, like why it's it's there because they need like a limit, and you can't just be like like they need to be like kind of a statute of limitations. Um, but like you, you really can't make an exception and just be like, hey, wait a second, um, why is it zero zero? Like first of all, like like how could you not see one that the flag was up on the broadcast? They have the broadcast angles, the flag was up. Two that Luis Diaz is not celebrating. He stopped celebrating. He's not Balotelli. He celebrates when he delivers the mail. All right. Um. And I like I I don't understand. I don't understand how so many different things went wrong, and like they couldn't just use like like human common sense. Like I think I think that's one thing that like like people a lot of people are pretending not to get now about soccer that like it's a human game. Like like part of part of the stuff is that like like the referees have to understand the game to allow it to happen. You know, um, and like I don't think. I mean, maybe I'm sure Spurs fans would be like upset, but like I don't think most Spurs fans would be like, "Hey, wait a second, you can't do that." Um, it, like it was a goal. It, it was a goal. It was a goal. Ten minutes Liverpool scored a goal, um, and that's it. That's it. Uh, one of the other talking points was that the the two in the VAR booth there in England and Dan Dan something um, were in uh, UAE United Arab Emirates forty eight forty eight hours before doing a refereeing gig. Um, some people assert that like. Oh, like, like maybe that was because it was only forty-eight hours before. Like, they weren't capable of like true judgment because like they were like sleep deprived or something. I think that's all BS. Um, sure, maybe it casts moral aspersions on them in that like they're going and getting the bag somewhere else and they're they're having multiple refereeing gigs and like they'll just take money from wherever it comes. But like, I don't know. Like, like doctors are supposed to save lives and they get way less sleep than that. Um, and they're making way higher stakes decisions. So I I think that that's like not not an excuse or like. Or like a like a like a strike against them really, um, I think it's just like is what it is. Like they can they can go to UAE if they're not like contracted just Premier League. Um, Jota, Chris, you didn't see the first yellow, and Lee neither did you. Uh, the first yellow was if there was contact. It's hard to even see that there was contact. I don't really think there was contact. Maybe there was, but basically what happens is uh, Udogi kind of clips the back of his own calf and he goes down. Um, and it seems like wherever there was contact, uh, there was like purported to be contact, it was like two steps before he clips the back of his leg. So maybe if he did make contact, but like at the same time, Jota, like like that, like it's insane to make that a yellow. Uh, it doesn't really make sense. It was like it was like at midfield, and it was like incidental contact if there was contact. Um, and then and then I, I will say like like Jota going in like that, 
less than a minute after his first yellow. Um, like, like that's that's a yellow card all day, every day. Uh, I do think the referee should have, again, used his common sense and been like, hey, what I booked him for before, like, wasn't a yellow. Um, so, like, I'll let him stay on. Uh, but, like, I think Jota had – he had – Jota had the control in that situation, and he could have just not done that. Um, but he did. Uh, I think Klopp was a little bit upset about that. Um, and then we get to – we're playing with nine men, and we, like, didn't let up anything. Um, Allison was was pretty immense, but – we like we like Liverpool stood resolute for like the whole time until the 96th minute. Um, I feel bad for Joel Matip. I hope he's like not upset right now. Um, I'm glad it wasn't like a higher stakes game, or I guess it was pretty high stakes, but like I'm glad it was early in the season. Uh, Pedro Poro taking off his shirt after crossing it for an own goal, uh, with a home advantage against nine men and a corrupt refereeing, I think is probably the most crazy celebration I've ever seen. Like the most, like, I, I, Lee, do you, have, do you have thoughts on that? Like, do you think it's like, I, I get it, curse and all, but like, like that, that, that I, I feel like it kind of shows, I, I don't believe that Tottenham is a small club, but I feel like it shows a small club mentality for Poro to do that. I think that's insane. Um, I never get offended by like, you know, small club mentality comments because I think, those are the moments that, you know, really make football and the beauty of it. And, it, you know, it's kind of an attitude that people just like to say to avoid us from having fun. Yeah, like, it, in hindsight, it's kind of crazy. But in the moment, I was just as euphoric. Even though you could be was- euphoric, but, like, like he's he's acting as if, like, if he, if he, like, dribbled through, like, four guys and, like, did that, fine. But he, like, he, like, crossed it in and, Matip, and like, they were trying to break us down for, like, like 35 minutes with nine men uh, at home with Krupp And, like... They couldn't do it, and like they they finally got through, and like that's like that's huge, and I'll, I'll talk about it, like and ball in a bit, but um, like uh, like that moment of like like Pora, like this is something that like Messi and Rollo did. He 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 flipped taking off your shirt is fine. He flipped the shirt to the back and pointed to his name. Like you don't think that's a little bit like like what? Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like with Charleston scoring that first game. I was there in the stadium when he scored his first Tottenham goal in, against Fulham and it was called offsides and he got a yellow card for taking off his shirt. Um, yeah, but like, you know, it's 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 those first moments you have with the club and you want to, like, if, if Poro never really gets a chance to score and when you do and when you get the assist at that last second, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just don't, I don't kill vibes, you know? Tottenham is not they're not the vibe killers you know they're the vibe setters so whatever Poro could do whatever he can all right um and then I want to like I, w- I want to express my surprise at uh Klopp just like like he 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 complains he's a complainer um and that's like that's not like a secret uh but like at the press conference like he didn't even complain he was just like he just like, kind of answered the questions he was like yeah this is like pretty weird uh um, I, I don't think it was a red card. And like, like he wasn't, he wasn't like, this guy's like, like Klopp has leveled some pretty serious accusations at officials before. He didn't like say anything. Um, but I mean, like a lot of people, like at best, I think it's like an unbelievable level of incompetence, uh, what happened. Um, and at worst, obviously there's like, like, like match fixing implications. I don't think it's match fixing. I just think it's like extreme incompetence by both Simon Hooper and the, the VARs. And the assistant referee for calling that offset. I this is like a general question to both of you. If you guys like like have any insight on this, but like I don't understand why like after the goal happens, like why the assistant referees even 
bother putting up their flags because every goal is reviewed anyway. So like, why not just like keep your flag down and just like have have the goal just reviewed because it's gonna be reviewed anyway, and they're gonna review it for offsides no matter what. Um, I guess because before VAR they did that, and maybe they just stick with it. I don't really have a good answer for you. <laughs> like they just can't like like they gotta like tape their hand down in order to stop. They're like, oh, I used to do this five years ago. I guess I'm gonna keep <laughs> right. doing it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm also like not anti-VAR after this. Like, like I think it should be good. Like, this is like pure human incompetence. Um, also, I just want to say I I'm now like I'm like extremely proud of of Liverpool. Like, I'm I'm confident that Liverpool is the best team in this league. Um, no other team would have been able to do that uh, for for that long with with nine men. Um, and you can't tell me like especially this weekend after City lost uh, just because they didn't have Rodri. Um, absolutely no other team, and I I would say in the world, but uh, Madrid is just going to beat us eleven times out of ten, so um, no point in seeing the world. Uh, but in in England, I I'm confident Liverpool is the best team in the league. Uh, I am prophesizing that we will lose the league by by one point uh, because of this game. That's 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 my thoughts. Um, what else? Oh, Ange Ball, right? Uh, a lot of a lot of Tottenham fans were like big upping Ange Ball, like like good vibes and all that. Um. Lee Lee made a good point when I when I brought it up. He's like he's like yeah like like Andrew Andrew Ball like like maybe like Tottenham didn't deserve to win that game or whatever. But like in past years, like the curse would have like Tottenham would have lost that game or drawn that game, even with nine men and all that stuff. But like they won that game this time, so like Andrew Ball is having an effect. Uh, and everyone likes him. He reminds me of like Klopp when he first came in. But Lee, you can talk more about that. Um, you know, I think there's you know, not much to be said. Like, again, I think someone said it best where it's like, they're worried that like, he might end up becoming like, Fiesta um, with um, Leeds or Klopp at Liverpool where like, they're very beloved characters, but they become so talked about that people just start hating them for the sake of like, they're talked about a lot. So while, you know, a lot of people respect, like I was jealous of when Klopp joined Liverpool, like his charisma, what he's done for the team and the fact that he was able to really do what Poch did, but put them over that line um and also like again after the the kind of the scarring the last few years have um i'm really much more hesitant on like going full in um and having my faith i will say Ange does something different than conte Mourinho did just because through the style of play and through the culture he sets is much more spursy so even though yeah he, i think for us like if he goes through a string of bad results i think we'll be a lot more patient with him even though it's still early, I don't think the team will turn us back on him like within a year or two, like we did with the other previous managers. Um, but yeah, really, again, I think the attitude I have now is just, you know what? I think that scarring that I had and that hesitancy I've had with Conte and Mourinho, like I think it's brought down my enjoyment of like when it is good. So even though I want to be hesitant of like, I don't want to get full on into Ange, even if just in case he turns out to be a bad fit for Tottenham in the long term. Um, I'm just going to enjoy every game at a time because it's truly explosive the way we play and the way we get results at any point. All that being said, you're going to lose Luton next week because um, that's what Spurs do. I I, I would be fully unsurprised. But, <laughs> I mean, like, I think... You know, did. I do, if possible, could just kind of gear the conversation towards, you know, this, the races we have now. Um, to close because I think it is fascinating that I called it Liverpool really does have 
good, bad, good, bad. And even though last year was one of its worst under the club era, and it was a huge transitional time. All right, and we're back. Um, Lee was Lee was talking about uh, the different races in the Prem. Um, I just right before you say that, I just want to say like I do, do kind of feel bad for Tottenham fans in the sense that like like a lot of this narrative around this game has been like like Tottenham have broken this like gotten this monkey off their back. It's been there for so long. Uh, but like maybe maybe like Spurs fans are talking about that, but like no one else is talking about that. Like everyone else is talking about the the calls and stuff. Um, it's supposed to be like a big momentous like occasion for Tottenham. Um. But I feel like that that party's kind of been been spoiled. Uh, I also will say that the game against uh, the game at Anfield is going to be like cinematic. There will be novels written about that game. Um, that I can promise you. Uh, all right, you can you can respond to that, or you can you can talk about the races. Yeah, I will say if I could either you know take a fair game, it's it's tough because honestly, like you know what. I feel vindicated in that, like, would I rather have a fair game even if it meant we'll drop points? No, because firstly, like, I think I saw Spurs fans say this, where firstly, not only do we get to break that curse, even though it's a soft break, at least it it shows us how it felt like to beat Liverpool again. Um, And secondly, it does start this conversation that it's beneficial for all the teams in the league to have. So I think it is a win-win, even though the conversation (laughs) isn't about that, like, Spurs deserve this win or whatever, like, so far. I don't care what everyone else is talking about. I think it we get two W's and I'm okay with that. That's fair. All right. Uh we can talk about the the oh uh sorry, one more thing I wanted to say. I I as far as I've seen, um this is like the biggest robbery I've ever seen. Uh, again, I am biased. Um but I also I went back and watched the highlights of the, the lowlights of the Barcelona um Chelsea game. Um the 2009 Champions League uh, semifinal. Um I mean, it was that was definitely like worse no calls, but at the same time, like there wasn't VAR and there wasn't like like the referee himself did an interview and came out. He's like, "I wish there was VAR because like I would have taken those calls back." Um, like here there was VAR and they still got everything wrong. Um, so I guess for the judge to have won, they they couldn't have they couldn't have interfered because it's two yellows. But yeah, as as far as I've seen, this is probably the biggest robbery I've seen. But again, I'm I'm biased, so that's that's why I'll say that. Um, all right. Do you want to? Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's exciting uh, because it's too early to call, but I don't think it's too early because I think it there is a clear margin of um, there's always like I could see United, you know, making that late run comeback somehow. Newcastle did that one year when they first got bought out. No, no, I'm, I'm having full faith. So that way I don't eat my words when Spurs inevitably flops the top four. Um but also, it could be a year like with Brighton. Um, Aston Villa is doing fantastic. I think Brighton is not doing fantastic. Aston- they were until yesterday. They just got sauced. Yeah, until yesterday. But um, they're still like in fifth or sixth place, I think, um, with a one point difference from Brighton. So it, it is an open race. If Spur, I think Liverpool is like the favorite to be second place still. Um, Arsenal has been a bit rocky start. Um, I think it's going to be a testament of their like long-term project if they can keep up two seasons in a row and then even make a better form later in the season. Um, Tottenham, it's going to be kind of that first manager bump, I think. And I think our real test is like yet to come. We might break top four just because of the bad form of Chelsea and United. And I think next year they might be better, one of those two teams. Um, Newcastle might be better too. Newcastle might make a push to join the top six, top four race. I don't think so. I think I think them having midweek football is is really gonna screw them. I don't think they're ready for it. 
Yeah, I will say after that first game against, I think it was Milan, it really showed that they're not ready for Europe and they're not a big European club yet. Weren't they, didn't they lose this weekend also? Let me just check. Oh, yeah. They just don't. Uh, like, they they... Uh, they beat Burnley. They have... Yeah, they lost. They lost a recent game that they shouldn't have lost. I don't remember what it was, though. They have good players. And it's like, I know oil money this and that with Newcastle. But is it bad if I actually like kind of enjoy watching them do well? I don't know. I get it because it's like they didn't they didn't go out and just like plop a hundred million on Nico Jackson, but like that's the thing. Uh, like Chelsea spent three x what they spent. Yeah, right? like they're, they're. I know the money isn't clean, but I don't know. With like like a Liverpool Spurs mentality, like they're not doing it with like. Like a United Chelsea sort of, it's like or like like a city. I mean, type. that's what that's what City did. Like it, it there is a one to one comparison, which is City, and they like City fans like to brag that they're not like PSG. That's well, no, no, City, City dropped however much on Robinho, like right after, and he was like like a world class signing. Like like City, City like like signed like like world like like all stars. Like Newcastle didn't really do that. I, I I will say I guess you're right. I know Amaran might have been pre Saudi, but like there's Amaran, Trippier was post Saudi. Um and who else? Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Tonali is probably the biggest signing. And Tonali's yeah. good, but like, but like yeah, just, Tonali is like but he's not like a like an astronomical player. Like he's like he's like a like a not. he'd be like a Liverpool signing. Like it, it's like a, like the kind of like like mid level player, like hoping we can elevate them. Yeah. No, I think he's like um, like when United signed Van de Beek, I think like Tonali was like probably yeah at the time right. So, but the thing is, Newcastle doesn't have like the depth to. I mean, prove me wrong, right? But like, I don't think they have the depth to be able to keep up Champions League football successively and then also stay in the top four. I don't think they'll be able to do that. So it's just like how we view Newcastle, you know, like like Santiago Munez played at Newcastle, you know, like we, um, we we all we all watch goal and like they were always like the underdogs and stuff like that, you know. Um, they fought relegation, they they got relegated, they came back up. They, I think we still like view Newcastle as like this little little brother kind of club. Um, and they are doing it smartly in a way that like people still view them that way. Um, they're not they're not going and spending oodles of money. But they're not doing it within Newcastle means, which is like, is that is that fair for me to say? Like, like that kind of that's just like it sounds like I'm just here like peddling elitism. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think that that's like a different moral argument for a different time when it's hot 11:40 at night. Um, so yeah, that's Lee, fair. Do we want to do quick top four predictions and then wrap this up? Uh, yeah, Lee, did you did you finish your your races? Uh, yeah, I mean the real. I think for uh, my prediction would be um relegation would be the three new entry into the league. Top four would be the current top four of you know Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, and uh, City, and I think winner will be you know City at the end. Um, will it be? I think honestly, I could see it being a race that would be City Liverpool, but I think Arsenal and Spurs' results against Liverpool would be the ones that bring them down. Um. Okay, I'll I'll go next just because I feel I feel called out. Um, I know I know you didn't mean to, but uh, yeah, I, relegation. I think it's gonna be 
Luton, I dude, I was excited for Burnley. Um, it doesn't really seem like Burnley have it. Maybe they they need more prem time or whatever. But like, I really thought Burnley was gonna come up and and do like a like a Leicester, like mid. I mean, I think they were gonna win the league, but like like finish like like a full armor, like 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 finish like like even like ten as high as tenth because like everyone was really excited about them. Um, with company. Um, yeah, and Sheff- I mean, Sheffield's 20th right now, a negative 14 goal differential. Um, I can definitely see them going down. I don't think Everton will go down. I think I, I do think there is too much crap underneath them. So, Luton, Burnley, and, and Sheffield are my picks to go down. Um, top four, I agree with Lee, City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, I... I'm still not like scared of Tottenham or Arsenal. Like, like every time I, I we play them, like I feel like I didn't feel confident this weekend because like like Angel and all that. But like, but, like I, I have a good feeling every time we play Arsenal and Tottenham. You know, that's just because like they haven't proven to me that they can like necessarily like beat us. Like I know Arsenal beat us last season away, but um, first of all, we were in like crap form, and second of all, uh what's it called? I don't know. They were, they were like too controversial. I think, I think I'm pretty sure like Jesus's goal was like all sides or something, but I don't, I don't remember the details and I don't, I don't want to make allegations that like I can't back up. Um, but there was some, there's something fishy about that game. And then, and then um, we dominated that game at Anfield after Shaka whipped everyone up. Um, and same with, same with Tottenham. Like if these were the circumstances of, of Tottenham winning, I'll take it. Um, but like Tottenham still doesn't scare me. And I, I cannot wait for this, for this return fixture at Anfield. Because uh, I, I legitimately do think it'll be it'll be legendary. Um, so I, I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did the double over Arsenal. I uh, I think both of you heard me talk about this, but like Arsenal fans just like really bother me at this point. I'm I'm so fed up with Arsenal fans. Uh, like they they think like they had they had one season that was like decent. They haven't won anything. Um, but they're just like, oh, like us and City, us and City. Like, like who do you think you are? Like, you you did it, you did it once. You haven't won anything, um, and like, like what, like one one title race, and you're giving it the big one, uh, to use to use Lampard's uh, parlance. Um, I mean, like, like do you get do you guys feel that way about Arsenal fans? Also, yeah, well, I know I know Lee does, but kind like, of, yeah. But I, I know I was one of, I was like probably the only non-Liverpool fan I know that like knew that Liverpool was gonna make an like meteoric like comeback. Like it, so I remember it was always like City Liverpool, the City Liverpool, and then one season suddenly the narrative is just City and their dominance. Like I, I think Liverpool is still City's like best competitor. Um I will say though, like going against what you just said about you still pretty confident, like we just took three points from you guys. I think Arsenal will like take some of the six potential points. And if that happens, that could mean the difference between you and City at the end of the league. So honestly, it would suck really bad. But this game last weekend might have been the difference between you guys beating City for the league. Well, yeah, that, that, that's what I said, right? Like I, I truly believe Liverpool is the best team in the league right now. Um, but I think we're gonna lose the title by one point. Cause that's just what happens, you know. Um Rodri handball, no uh, PGML apology again. Um, a Rodri handball against Everton. PGML apology. Uh, nothing. No actual action gets done. Liverpool lose the league by one point. Um, it, it's just, it's just, it's just what happens, you know. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think we're gonna lose the league by one point. And I think that's what's gonna happen. I, I, if you ask me to make a prediction against Arsenal, I, 
like this this might come back and bite me, but like I I truly believe that we'll take six points off Arsenal. Um, I just need Arsenal to shut up. Like I I I can't stand these these fans being like like thinking they're like they're like the new the new gods. Like they 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 finished ten points off ten plus points like thirteen points off City last season. Like like relax. <laughs> like like oh we were at top of the league at Christmas. Okay great. Um. But yeah, I, I need I need Arsenal to turn it down. Uh, but I, I think I think uh, you know what? I, I hope Spurs finish uh third. Um, I just be the honestly Arsenal like out of top four. Like get them out of here. Like I'm, I I I generally considered like in my liking rankings, I like consider Arsenal and Tottenham like on the same level. Like I like both of them. Um, but this this past year, like I started to respect Arsenal a lot when they were doing really well. Um. But I, I think their fans are beyond delusional. Um, yeah, uh, Chris. I don't want to pick the same predictions as you guys, so I guess I'll spice it up. Um, definitely Luton and Sheffield going down. I mean, if you look at last year, and Pranav, I know you kind of alluded to this, Burnley was, like, really good under company last year. And, you know, maybe... Let's give them the benefit of the doubt here, right? Maybe they're still trying to figure out the Prem because it's been a little while since they were in it. So I actually don't think they're going to get relegated. I think it might be Everton, which is a little bit crazy, sure. But that's just going to be my opinion here. You can only hold on for so long. Well, Bo- um, Bournemouth haven't won a game. Oh, yeah, let's pick Bournemouth then. Yeah. <laughs> Everton's definitely more likely to stay than Bournemouth. So we'll do that. And then for the top four, I do think we're finally back in the city Liverpool back and forth era um, where where it's interesting is Pranav, in your head, you're thinking we need as many points as possible for the first half of the season because City's going to win out their last 15 games. Right. Right. But and yeah, you're going to lose by a point. Um. So it's going to be City, then Liverpool. And I think then there's going to be like a pretty big gap, maybe like 10, 15 points, then Arsenal. Um, and I think Tottenham might barely hold on to top four. I think, I mean, they're off to a great start. I think they're going to continue that for the first half of the season. But I think by the end, maybe not. Um, and then fourth place from there, it's not going to be Sid, or uh, it's not going to be Chelsea or United. I'm already confident in saying that. I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone like like a Villa. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Just Aston Villa coming up in fourth place. Why not? Wait, hold on. I'm looking at these fix- this fixture list. Uh, Tottenham has Arsenal and Liverpool back-to-back again uh, in April and Yeah, May. this is why they're not going to finish in the top four. Yeah. I, w- I will say we always burn out. No, you, you have City, one. Arsenal, then Liverpool. That's messed up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that will be the breaking point. I will say we'll probably get like a a, meet, uh, a phenomenal result. It's just gonna be one of the three games. Um, well, you got you have City at City at home, so that's a clean okay. sheet. That's that's probably gonna be that one then. But, um, <laughs> I also think with this style of play, like similar to how I was confident that this might be the year of any that we're gonna break the Liverpool curse, we'll still have the return fixture to see if we can get a proper win. Um, though it's at Anfield and they want revenge, so probably not gonna happen. I think City will beat Tottenham w- once or both times this season. It will break the curse because the only reason why we were able to ke- hold off City was because we were anti-City in terms of what we played on the Mourinho content. Yeah. Well, the the whole thing about um the Wolves results today, the, or yesterday, Wolves versus City, um, was that, like, 
a lot of teams like respect City and sit back, but like Wolves like went at City, um, and they didn't respect City too much, and that that's what like everyone's saying was like like one Wolves the game, um, so maybe maybe it is suited towards Tottenham, but again like like Rodri absence played a huge part in that, um, yeah, it was hilarious that Wolves did out of all the teams that did that was Wolves, uh. yeah, especially with Mateus Nunez, and and yeah yeah you're saying like taking the game to them. Um, just no, just like the way they play because Wolves yeah, is yeah. Like firmly and like very defensive, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, oh, oh my god, dude, you have I just I like I feel bad. You have Newcastle, City, Arsenal, Liverpool. That's like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> I feel like you guys should file a complaint for that. Um, it's good. Well, unfortunately, we have like we have the depth, and well, we don't have depth still. But um, like I, yeah, you guys I was, bring on players I never heard of. Speaking of the depth conversation, um, like the moment Sun and gets taken off, like I immediately think we're not taking another goal in that game. So I will say it is a miracle that Matip scored. Like the moment Sun was taken off, even the previous game, the North London derby, when Matters and Sun came off, I thought it was over. There's no more scoring from Tottenham coming in, which I will say is ironic because. Tottenham at the beginning of the game when Sun was on the wing, no one, everyone but Sun was scoring. But mm-hmm. I think now they're becoming a bit dependent on Sun in number nine, especially since Richardson needs that confidence to be very creative in the box at the point still. Um, yeah, yeah. But th- those those fixtures down that line are going to be like very make or break. Like I'm, I'm confident this. I mean, like I, I kind of agree with Chris that like Tottenham and Arsenal will be either battling out for top four or like third and fourth. Um, and again, we don't know if fifth place is also going to be Champions League because of the new Champions League format. They're like still not sure of that. Um, but uh, that North London derby on April twenty seventh is going to be like huge. I could see us going the same route that Arsenal did, not in terms of the title race, but I think Arsenal fans and Tottenham fans and even the place on culture are very similar. Um, yeah. ironically, being two of the closest rivals, um. Because, like, I remember a lot of Arsenal fans were hesitant. They thought it was too good to be true. And both of the teams start well. And then, you know, similar to how we were in the title race against Liverpool that one year, and then we played Liverpool, and then we lost, and then lost to Leicester, and then suddenly we were out of the race. Um, I could see that happening at the same time. Like, after all this, like, Ange energy is going to burn out by winter time, And if it doesn't, we'll get used to it. And we'll be like, wow, we broke that, like, winter hump that Tottenham always goes through, similar to how Arsenal's fans felt. Because once winter passed last season and Arsenal was still at the top of the race, they were like, wow, this might be our year. And then in the spring, they fell. So I could see us getting through winter and then going through that spring run of fixtures and then falling off. I always just find it so funny because like like Liverpool, like having done it year in, year out, like maybe we're just jaded because we've done it like multiple times like against City. Like we just had to go toe-to-toe against City and we just like realized that it's just like like impossible. Um like even now, like after getting all these like good results, we're just like, all right, like we'll, we'll still like we're still hedging our bets. Like we're not sure. Like like we're like I'm really proud of the boys. Like I'm I'm still uh, like I mean that 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 performance against Tottenham like made me proud. But um like we're really proud. Like they're playing well. But like you know what? Like 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 we're our our like our sites are still like like top four. You know, um and like like we have a track record and like Klopp has a track record of like like a much better track record like like Arsenal. Arsenal was like, you know, we're we're winning the title. Like, like, what? Like, I, I need I need you and Kaz. I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes with Kaz. I need you and Kaz on the podcast uh, at the same time, because I think I think we'll just have our mics shut off and we'll just have you guys yell at each other. 
I will say I'm pretty confident in top four right now because I think no no disrespect to Brighton and Aston Villa because they've like they've been like Spurs and Arsenal where they do phenomenally at the beginning of the season and then they end up you know falling off the top four race. Like last season was because absolutely no team was good. And this season now that Newcastle, Chelsea, and United aren't doing so well either. Like I could see Spurs and Arsenal um having a better chance of flopping it less than Brighton and Aston Villa and taking out top four from them. I agree. I mean, Brighton still scares me, but we absolutely played Aston Villa off the park. Like it, like that was like a agree. We just wrecked them. Um, and I, I like I, I'm still scared of Brighton just because the, the scars still remain from from Matoma turning uh, Gomez into ice spice. But um, so ho- hopefully, I don't know. I just hope we don't meet in Europa. That that like really makes me nervous um, about that happening. All right. Um, and then Chris, where is United finishing? Uh, or what a zero GD. Uh, probably, um, I think sixth. Sixth, okay. Yeah, and Chelsea. We'll sixth. What? Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, Chelsea's probably like, maybe if they're lucky, top half. Like United have won games this season that were like convincing. They yeah. they never start the league well. They've never been like, oh, let's win the first two games. They're always like, you know what? I'm gonna do really poorly and give you no hope. That's just a and Manchester then, thing. It kind of is, yeah. Because City does the same thing. Um, like but they for like two weeks. Yeah, and then they start winning again. Yeah. But um, I I think sixth is probably accurate. Um, for United and then for Chelsea, like I, I don't know, like Chelsea don't have hope. You know what I mean? There's not hope. They have Nkunku. I think Nkunku is hope, but I, that's it. Like, what, if he comes back and they're not firing, like that's it. That's over for them. I think it's already over. Play three games and get injured again. I think it's over for them. I can't rely on him. Um, all right, and then uh, Champions League. Who's winning the Champions League? Real Madrid. Lee. Um, I know who Lee wants. I think Bayern. There we go. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna say. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be so beautiful if Spurs and Kane won trophies in the same season? I know, because we we were both joking that Kane will finally win a trophy to prove that it's the Spurs curse, or like that Spurs will finally win a trophy now that Kane's gone. But I think we could both win something this season. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really funny if Dortmund won the league and then they lost the Champions League final or something. My goal is obviously top four, which I'm pretty good about now, but I think all hands is like, everyone, Spurs fans are joking that we might win the League Cup, and now if we were still in it, we probably could have now that City's out. But I think we can make a miracle run like how Arsenal did a few seasons ago and won the FA Cup in our 10th like first season. Yeah. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, I think I think it's possible, Um, as long as you don't meet like Colchester or like MK Dons or something. Um, Because those, those teams are your kryptonite. Ironically, once we get to the uh, smaller teams in the early rounds, I think we'll be pretty confident. If we can make it to like the big rounds where we're playing against the big teams, then we'll... Because, again, Spurs underdogs it. Like, when we're too com- comfortable, we get complacent. Yeah, it's hilarious. I remember them losing to Colchester. I was like, I was like, oh, they never played, like, a third string. No, they played Kane, like, Lucas Mora, like, like Son. Like, they played they played all their whole their whole first team. Um, Erickson. Uh, I think even the goalkeeper was it was uh, Loris. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. But... um. Yeah, I, I think that um, 
think Tano has a shot at a trophy, but I think it would be funnier if neither of them won a trophy. Um, I was going to say one last thing, but I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but I think that that about wraps it up. Yes. Anyone have any other other thoughts or inklings or anything? Anything to say? No. Just thanks for the invite. Happy to speak my voice for once. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were you're glad to receive receive that invite. All right. Um good night everyone and we will we'll see you next mid season. All right. Bye bye. Oh, I stop this. Oh, there's the